everybody, and welcome to Totally Tin Tin. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. Uh, we also do a podcast called a Sneaky... I forgot our podcast name for a second there. <laughs> Sneaky Dragon. We've done too many podcasts, and now uh, names have popped out of my head. Uh, if you're just uh, tuning in for the very first time, uh, here's the idea behind this. Uh, David is a longtime Hergé fan. I have Guilty nev- as charged. There you are. Uh, I have never read the Tintin books, though I work uh, as a comic book writer. I write The Simpsons and Futurama comics. And uh, I've heard nothing but good things, but never actually gotten through them. So what we're going to do is go through every uh, Tintin adventure and discuss it. And uh, to do that, we have had to go through two off the top that some people kind of consider, eh, maybe those aren't the best, yeah. and then we'll get into the good stuff later on. Now, when David and I did a podcast previous to this called Completely Beatles, mm-hmm. on our, we would discuss each uh, Beatles album chronologically, and by the end, David said something to me, which was, uh, it doesn't matter what they do, they're the Beatles, so they're great. Uh, and so I want to ask you, before we get started, yeah. Okay. Uh, is everything in this, uh, that it's done by Hergé with Tintin, do you consider all of it great, or are there dips? Uh, yes. There's, well, well you answered two, you answered a yes or no question. Well, you know, so, so yeah, what you was answered, your... yeah, sorry, I did, I said yes. I think there are dips, uh, but no, I shouldn't say dips. I think that there is a definite upward trend. Okay. And then I think there's a slight tailing off near, near the end that his, some of his powers or maybe his interest wasn't really there anymore, but definitely there's three periods to his artwork particularly. Okay. And so, these early, like the ones that he drew for Le Petit, Van- Le Petit Vantiem are basically his early period. And so a lot of that we didn't, no one saw for a long time. It's only been in the last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years that they started publishing because of the interest in these, in those books, mm-hmm. publishing, uh, facsimile editions of the early. Now, when you say no one saw it though, they were very popular in their time though. They're they very first popular came out, in the time. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, so for instance, in the land of the Soviets was published by Le Petit Vantiem as a, as an album. Okay. And same with Tantan in the Congo. That was published. You know, it was collected and published. Oh, by I should Le mention Petit if Vantiam. I haven't that we're uh, talking about in the Congo today. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> what a host. Yeah, so everyone get your get your tan tan in the Congo, which is hard because it's actually not really readily available. Um, and there's multiple versions of it as well. There's well, there's only there's two versions of it. Um, there's the original version, and then there's one that Hergé redrew at Casterman's urging to get it in line with the the look of the 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 uh, existing series that they were publishing. So it was made into like the standard. Tintin album, right. with, uh, 62 pages. Whereas the version I was looking, we were looking at two different versions. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the original version, you're looking at the more modern version. Yep. Uh, and my version uh, resembles uh, the artistic style of um, in the land of the Soviets. To a degree, it's much better, I think. Like, if you look at it, you can see a real improvement in his mm-hmm. in his draftsmanship. But definitely, Tintin, the, if you looked at the model of Tintin, he looks more similar to the Soviet mm-hmm. version than he does to the Tintin you think of when he's you a little, think of... Yeah, he's a little skinnier, a little longer, mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't, uh, mo- like most cartoonists, it takes a while for them to realize that what's a really an appealing character design is a, is a more s- squeezed down, slightly stockier uh, model. That's what what tends to happen. I'm thinking of Johan and Pierre-Louis Peyo's first uh, comic series. And Johan, when he first started, was this kind of tall beanpole. And then by the time that he kind of got into the, his, you know, his his like best period, Johanna shrunk down and got a little stockier, still tall, but not 
not this kind of really skinny bean pole. Just a slightly more appealing, stockier look. And same with Tintin. He well, kind of went. Yeah, it's rare to find any comic uh, or you know a comic or comic strip yeah. uh, that you don't look back and see the early ones and go, mm. "Ooh, doesn't look." You know, uh, Garfield <laughs> yeah. does not look like Garfield. The Fantastic Four do not look like the Fantastic Four. Peanuts do not look like the Peanuts. Although that you I know love now. that early Peanuts. The early Peanuts. Uh, well, all the styles are. are are, yeah, you know, good in their own way, uh, but then they became what they became. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, so we're talking about two different versions. What we're talking about is one, the original version drawn by by Hergé for Le Petit Vingtième. Right. Uh, it's was 110 pages, and so when he redrew it, he redrew it to the 62 page requirement that Casterman basically established during the war because of paper shortages, and then it became just kind of the I guess they like the content, you know, to have this sort of continuity of, of look. Right. So every book was 62 pages and every book had to be written to that specific length. And until recently, you would you would see it sold with the with the other Tintins as well. You know, as some stores don't sell it anymore. Uh, there was an attempt to take it off the shelves. You it's know, been uh, very intermittently published in right. in in English. But format in wise, it makes more sense to have it look like the other books. You can mm. put it in that display with all the other Tintins. And it's, well, I mean, in, in in French language, it's always been in pub- always been published. Right, though there was an attempt uh, to have it banned. What was it in uh, 2012, and that didn't go through. Uh, it started in, in 2007. Right. We can talk about that, but yeah, it started in 2007. The court trials went court went to trial in 2010, yeah. and then they finally came to decision in 2012. It took quite a while, five years for them to because it started as a criminal proceeding. Mm-hmm. It actually was going to be a criminal proceeding against the book. Right. I don't know who they were going to charge since their author was long gone, but. Uh, and then it was moved to civil court in 2010, and then that's and then it kind of crept its way as civil courts do to a, a final. Um, but we'll, we can talk about that as now. We, when as you we go. Say, well, now I'm a little bit confused as to one thing. You're saying that there's two versions of this. Mm-hmm. When I was reading, and again, admittedly, this is on Wikipedia. Uh, the, it was saying there were three versions because uh, I was asking you when I, you know, one of the scenes that's in here. I'll ruin one of the scenes off. Okay, the top. well, okay, that's a one-page change that happened. Oh, I do you was, know what I'm going to say? When it was published in Scandinavia, yeah. Oh, yeah. the re- rhinoceros scene. That's right. Right. That's right. Uh, that got redrawn because there's a violent scene with a rhinoceros mm-hmm. where in the so. In the version I've got, the original version, the thing happens. We'll discuss it when it happens yeah. in the book. Uh, in David's version, the more modern version, that also happens. But there's a version yeah. where the yeah. rhino gets away. Yeah, that was in 1975. Okay. He was asked to redraw that scene specifically for the Scandinavian publisher. So it, it's only in whatever Swedish or whatever language. It doesn't exist as an, in an English version or a French version. Okay. It's only available in that version. And we'll try and I'll, I, have, I do have that page. I'll try and post it on the website so people can see it. Okay. If you haven't seen that one. It is kind of interesting. It's actually a better sequence, I think, than the one that's in the book. But we can talk about that when we get there again. Okay. So, so what let, do you, where did you want to start with this? Well, let's just start with... Let's just start at the beginning. Let's begin at the beginning. So, uh, so Erge finished in the land of the Soviets. Mm-hmm. And pretty much right away, he started up with this. He was planning, actually, to do uh, one based in America. That's where he started doing research on, you know, Native Americans. And, and he ha- you know, he's had this uh, very typical European romantic vision of the West and, and, and the Natives and things like that. And so he wanted to do this story about it. But uh, Father Wale, the editor of Le... Of Le- and this is a mistake I made last show, and I want to just correct it now, even though I make it corrections in between now and when this drops. But uh, I kept calling it just Le, Le Vent, uh, I kept saying Levantium. It's actually Levantium Siakla, the 20th century was the name of the newspaper. Okay. Uh, and so what, uh, so 
Father Wallet wanted Hergé to not do one about America. He wanted to promote the Belgian Congo because at that time, the 1930s, we're starting to see the end of colonialism mm. and we're starting to see the rise of independence movements like in India and Thailand and Malaysia and places like that. And the Congo was still the colony of... Was a colony Russia. of Belgium. Now, it's an interesting colony because um, Bel- Belgium actually isn't like a super old country. It was once part of the United Kingdom of the Netherlands. And in 1830, there was a revolution and it was granted its independence. And I think maybe ten, nine, ten years later, it was like kind of recognized by all European countries as being a singular nation. So they kind of missed out on the whole colonial boat. Everyone had already kind of grabbed all these corners of the world and, right. you know, and so, so they were kind, so they're kind of stuck. So like uh, King Leopold I, the first king of Belgium, he had, was actually, he negotiated, he was negotiating an attempt to colonize Hawaii in 1843. So he kind of linked up with this company that was going to go in there and, you know, turn into a company island, I guess, and to sort of exploit it for all it's worth. And he was going to kind of underwrite this as part of this. And then Hawaii would be a colony. But this company went bankrupt, and that was the end of that dream. Mm. And what happened to Hawaii after that? Nothing. Nothing. No one ever talks about it now. It's gone. Yeah. Um, The Forgotten Islands. The Forgotten Islands. And so then, uh, so he died. Mm -hmm. And then his son... King Leopold II. I don't know if his son actually. The next king. I'll say the next king. By the way, if anything that we're saying is incorrect, we do, do not. A, I don't want to be corrected. Well, just, let's just I let want, it fly. I want, I want David to be let corrected. Let it fly. Let it fly. Uh, go, go to our message board at sneakydragon.com and, and, and give us credit. We'll be correcting things throughout <laughs> uh, the entire run so of this. So King Leopold II, he, he had these kind of colonial dreams as well, his aspirations, because he looks at Belgium against the rest of Europe, against the Netherlands, against mm-hmm. Germany, Britain, obviously, France, Spain. These countries that all have these colonies all over the world, and they're just this little tiny nub, you know, on the north of Europe and no one's paying attention to them. So now they don't have the force. They can't, they don't have a navy. They can't go out and like conquer Australia. So that's not going to happen. So he looked around, finds there's this kind of unexplored section of Africa, the Congo, and decides, okay, that's where we're going to go. So he starts trying to get people interested. But as I was saying, even by that time, this is in the, the 1880s, the colonial time, the dream is over. Like people are, are kind of, it's kind of ticking along, but no one's really that into it anymore. So in Belgium, people are just kind of like, well, you know, whatever. So he had to like fund it himself. Okay. He funded this expedition there. He funded this, this uh, people. And what, and so he kind of had a presence there. And, you know, what could have, what could have gone badly. I mean, the other European powers could have been, no, we don't want you there. And that would have been it. But actually, they kind of liked having this buffer zone in between all these rival powers. So they just kind of let it happen. And so he was able to start what became the, uh, it was called the free, I forgot what it was called now. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just have to look it up. No, go ahead. You might think David's looking this up on some fancy computer right now. He's actually looking at it on what we call a, a piece of paper. That's right. Because I'm old-fashioned. Yeah. So uh, the Congo Free State, sorry, it was officially recognized in 1885 as being an actual colony, but not a colony of Belgium. It was a colony of King Leopold II. Oh, okay. So it had nothing to do with Belgium, except that the money went to the King of Belgium. Could you be? Could you have your own colony as an individual back then? Was, I obviously was you could. he the only one who's who's who did know. that? I I mean, it, you know. In a way, no, because if you think of like Cecil Rhodes in South Africa, uh-huh. that was basically a one-man, col- one-man colonizing expedition. Okay. 
you know, I mean, and yet he wasn't a king. That's weird that a king, no, he was a businessman, right? But, it's a businessman. Yeah. Even that's weird. Uh, but that a king is like, no, it's just me. It's not the country I'm king of. Yeah. Just just me specific. Yeah, that's it uh, is odd. And I think because in most cases, I mean, even I mean, here's the thing. Here's the difference. When when Queen Elizabeth was was mounting, you know, having Raleigh go out and explore North America and, and send people hither and, th- and yon, she was underwriting it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no people, there was no democracy. It was purely a royal decree that sent people out. You know, when the Queen of Spain sent Columbus, that was all done by the Queen. There's no parliament involved. Right. There's no, but Belgium is, you know, is a mix. It has a king, but it also has a, you know, a democratic elected parliament has representation of the people. And so you have two different powers. And so if you have one that's not interested, i.e. the people in the parliament, mm-hmm. and the king wants to do it himself, it's entirely his money and his... Yeah, it's not like the king's going to lose yeah. the next election. So it's you know? a bit different. You know, it would it's essentially the same right. as what Queen Elizabeth did, the first. Yeah, but, but it's in it's, more modern times. But it's so in more it's modern weirder, times. Yeah. yeah, so it has a, it has a disconnect. And so, because he doesn't, this doesn't run the country as, as a as a despot, right? And so, and now it was terrible because what what it was basically is he just the country was just divided amongst a bunch of corporations who then just exploited it to the nth degree. Wow, is that the first and, time that's ever happened with well, colonialism? You know, it's always it's always been cruel, obviously. No, because I'm, I'm being sarcastic, certain, of course. Yeah, yes, there's a certain level of exploitation to yeah. it all. I mean. You know, the Europeans are coming. I wonder, Europeans if we're gonna, are coming. I wonder if we're going to be exploited. Hey, we got exploited. But, oh, that's a shock. But at the same time, you know, they did allow, you know, the regional rulers to maintain their rule. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't just come in and dis- depose local government. You know, they just kind of integrated their business into right. what was already there. The Congo is different. I mean, these, there's forced labor, mutilation, all kinds of different things to force these people to to work and work hard in order to get India rubber out of wherever India rubber yeah. comes from. And so, you know, like the king made a vast fortune, but he took that money and he built public works in Belgium. So like places like Brussels and, and Ostend, they all, they're these beautiful cities because of all this blood money that came out of, out of the... There's a lot of countries that look great today because of... <laughs> blood that was shed in other places yeah. that again is not unusual sadly and so what happened then was that there's so much diplomatic outrage amongst other countries over what was happening in the congo that they forced leopold ii to give up his control of it and to turn it over to belgium and so the corporations were kind of diminished somewhat so you had what was called the colonial trinity of uh the government obviously the state missionary and private interests and so what happened in that, in that case, though, is that the state and the private interests are very in, are still intertwined. And so, you know, the state is using its own military to enforce, you know, st- you know breaking strikes and stuff like that in favor of, of the... So in no way it was an, an ideal situation. And so by the time you get to the 1930s, I mean, people already had no taste for it in the 80s, not 1880s. 50 years later, people really have no taste for, for colonialism. I mean, the whole system of... You know, British public schools, for instance, was established as a way to create a, you know, a, a working force that would then go out and be transported to all these different areas of the empire and work there, right? 
someone like George Orwell, who graduated from a British public school and then went to Burma and became a police officer there. It's an example of someone who's, you know, went through that system in order to become this functionary in this place. He, he rebelled against it because that's, you know, him, but other people didn't. They just went out there. They did their job as proper British citizens, you know, white man's burden, blah, 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 all these things like that. So, so as now as we get to the 1930s, that's starting to break down now. You know, there's people like Nehru and there's people in, Malaysia and all, all kinds of different places that are are fighting against, not physically fighting in lots of cases, but, you know, starting to try to legislate and work politically to, to get the British out or get the French out or whoever, right? Right. Some cases it worked, some cases it didn't. So uh, so now in that atmosphere, Father Willet, this, you know, this kind of very s- strong nationalist, almost fascist. Right. And you know, believer in Belgium, mentor, yeah. And Erge's mentor, that's right, tells him, you know, I want you to forget about America. I want you to do this story. I want you to celebrate the Congo. And I want you to celebrate our place in the Congo. Now, yeah. how old is Hergé at about this point? He would have been 23. 20, okay, very young. He would have young. been 22, almost 23 when he, he started. He's, he's young now. Admittedly, someone who's 23 back then is older than a 23-year-old now. To some degree, Hergé was a very still, sheltered. He was a very sheltered yeah. child. I grew, you know, he was uh, grew up in a very sedate, very conservative family who never did anything. Never did anything. And... You know, scouting was a great outlet for him, but scouting has its own very, you know, strict moral kind yep. of sense and also also kind of has a colonial element to it of, you know, of like when we went to Cub Scouts, you know, there's so much of it that was based in like Rudyard Kipling in the Jungle Book. I don't know if were you were yeah. in Cub Scouts, right? I was. So you had Baloo and you had Mowgli or not Mowgli, you had Baloo uh, Kayla. and Kayla, that's right, who, you know, were the leaders of this thing. So it had this kind of weird colonial element to it that... And I'm sure it, for for Hergé, it had as well this kind of quasi-militaristic colonial. Yeah, it's fr- it's freedom, but it's freedom with control. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you're going out, you're enjoying the woods, but hey, settle down. <laughs> yeah. We're going to enjoy it in a proper way. Yeah. But you're in the woods, and so a very it's strict. A, you know, yeah. I mean, by the time we went in, a lot of that had kind of disappeared. But when it started, it was very it had a very strict Christian ethic and mm-hmm. those kind of things. You know, like you did prayers and all kinds of stuff like that. They were gone by the time I was in it, but it was still there when I was in it. But was then right? I was in I was doing it kind of in a Catholic. You might have been in the Catholic scouts, yeah. Yeah, so that different. was a little bit, uh, yeah, stronger. That's a bit different. So I mean, yes, the Congo, this hotbed of fun, is you know that's where he wants Hergé to draw, and you know, so Hergé uh, started in May. Uh, May, uh, it started. In the 5th of May, 1930, and it ran to the 11th of June, 1931. Mm-hmm. And so his birthday is uh, May 22nd. So he wasn't, he was just about 23. He was just still 22. It's pretty young. It's a pretty young guy to be, one, rebelling against his mentor, rebelling against the milieu that he's grown up in. I don't mean snowy in French, but I mean in the, this, you know, this kind of very bourgeois, middle class, mainstream, you know, accepting all this sort of, the view of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So that this book is very reflective of what, not just Belgium, but most Europeans, how they viewed Africa and the rest of the world, mm-hmm. not just Africa, everywhere. This is how they viewed the natives of those of those places, yeah. you know, whether we're talking about Indians in India or it's Burmese the, uh, in it's Burma. It's the other, yeah. They view yeah, them as exactly. the other. There's us, there's them. Yeah. yeah. And as a, as a writer, I mean, having the other is always great for comedic purposes, mm-hmm. and it's always great for making up a villain. Yeah. Because you can do whatever you want to either of them, slapstick-wise, and yeah. who cares, because they're the other. They don't feel pain like us. They're just the other, you know, and, and there you go. So I, And I can see, like, if you get in this assignment, there's a lot of fun things to draw. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, I could see why he'd be on, on I feel on like his heart it. isn't entirely in it. 
when I read this book, I don't feel like he's... I feel like there's a lot of stuff he's just mechanically doing. Well, it feels like... And, you know, by the time you get... To, it's it's a very... It's it's a weirdly structured book. Because it feels like at a certain point it ends. And then it's... Now mm-hmm. it's just the animal murder spree. You know, at the, at that point. And at that point... Well, it the re- whole book is animal murder spree. Well, there spree. is animal murder spree. But it feels really like this is wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, we're done with the story. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then he goes, you know what? I'm going to go kill a whole bunch of animals right now. And he goes out. And that... It feels like... I said last time, a kid in the backyard with his toys, yeah. acting things out mm-hmm. and being overly violent, but not in a way that you go, oh, that kid's a sociopath. You just go like, oh, that's a kid yeah. goofing around and nothing seems exactly. realistic. I mean, he's still he's still a kid in a way. He's yeah. 22 years old. That's still, your your mind is not developed as an adult. A male brain does not develop but until you're 25. Are back so it doesn't then, matter even back then. Your, male, your brain didn't understood. develop until But you are being forced to do uh, adult things. You're being sent to war. You are, you know, you're raising a family. But, you're doing things that an adult, yeah. you would not, they, they were treated in a different way than an adult but is the, treated The now. military, when you're in the military, it's like being in a sports team. It is not mm-hmm. very mature. Right. It's very infantile. A lot of things that are... But that you're are, seeing things that will age you very quickly, depending on when you... If you were in war, you. yes. But yeah. if you're just in the military, no, you won't. He did military service. He did not fight in the war. That's right. So it was just one more... It was more, not during the time of World War That's one, right. Yeah. It was just more hiking and more carrying stuff around and more goofing around and being having a bunch of male playmates that mm-hmm. you get to, you know, have male well, the bonding plot, time Yeah, with. the plot generally, it does feel, it does feel childish. It feels... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it goes to this, to this, to this, and and it's got that improvisational well, feeling that the yeah. that the last story did as well. It doesn't feel like yeah. one full story. It you know, there's there's some repetition yeah. where you feel like you remember you had a snake earlier, right? <laughs> We're back to the leopards, huh? Because yeah. we've already dealt with that. Yeah. You know that kind of thing, and it just it feels again like a kid making up a story. You know. Well, that's what it was. He said himself, "I would come in Wednesday. The paper went to print on Wednesday, and he would draw." the two pages of Tintin on that day that it was going to, it was going to be, you know, so he didn't like draw it a week before or anything. Right. He came in that day and he had no idea what was going to happen. So he just started drawing and whatever he got two pages of, that was it. That was what was going to get published. So he didn't spend a lot of time, you know, unlike the later plots where he worked and reworked and then reworked again, the plots in order to get most efficient, uh, compressed, you know, action packed, humorous thing that he could, these books are very, yeah. Looks at a thing, thing attacks him, cliffhanger, yeah. you know, a move on, For sure. solve problem. A yeah. uh, guy who should be trying to kill him, kills him in a, a way too elaborate way, <laughs> tries to kill him, that doesn't work, tries yeah. it again, oh, you fool. Yeah, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Now, um, Hergé, in later years, uh, what did he think of this work? He wasn't he wasn't proud of either the quote in the I, land of the Soviets the quote or I've, yeah the quote I've got for this one is that he considered it a youthful sin this book <laughs> interesting uh, I think I could see that I could see him feeling that way about it because he certainly changed uh, after the war he certainly changed his personality changed so I could see him feeling that way about it but what's interesting is that he did work on it in forty six he did redraw it and he didn't significantly change mm-hmm. that much of it he did take out some of the colonial elements. He, but other than that, there's not a ton of changes in, in how the animals are treated. Mm-hmm. But of course, at that time, those were not concerns. You know, there was, this is pre-Bambi. So that idea of, of nature wasn't, didn't exist yet. You know, our idea of yeah. nature. There's a difference though. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one because I, I understand. No one saw Bambi's mom get shot. Yeah. Right. So that's, 
that was a big change in people's consciousness of, of, of but animals. we weren't on the side of the hunter in bambi i mean the thing would be like from the hunter if like then no. all of a sudden you go to the hunter's point yeah. of view and see what he's doing and he's talking to his yeah. family and what have you the pro the, the not the problem but the the odd thing about this is all the animals do talk like in the last uh, the con sorry the land of the soviets a bear yeah. talks mm -hmm. and snowy of course talks and yeah. we you know, it's vague whether Tintin can understand Snowy or not. Who knows? Well, no, he can understand Snowy. He can understand him, but you don't know if he's understanding him talking. Like, it could just be, I get what my dog means. Mm, you know, In this book, it's more clear that he understands what he says. Does he? All yeah. right. That's fine. But when you see Snowy come to talk, to talk, tell someone that Tintin's in danger, you just get the woo-wa-wooa. Yeah. You don't get him talking to that person. So it's only between Tintin and Snowy that there's communication. But most of the animals in this do talk. Like the snake when mm -hmm. he when he eats snowy spoilers for later on, uh, goes oh I could use a bicarbonate of soda. So yeah. he's a very proper snake who knows how <laughs> yeah. to use a drugstore, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and yeah. that's a little you know that Those can either jokes. make things. It's a joke. Those are jokes. It's a joke. But now you've made the animals into cartoony animals. Yeah. You know, and then it's a little weird to kill a cartoony I agree. animal. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I, I'm. I said to you this is these aren't these aren't books that I would choose to read. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, these are not my favorite books. These are definitely on the down part of the upward slope. Right. That takes us onward and upward, please. And, uh, yeah, I feel like these books aren't Tintin. The Tintin in the books isn't Tintin. Right. There's no way that Tintin, uh, Tintin in the Congo would do what he's doing. There's no way that the Tintin of even the Blue Lotus or the scepter of, uh, uh the, you know, the scepter of King Ottokar, you know, those books. There's no way that he's going to do what, what, what the Tintin of these two books of In the Land of the Soviets and in this book, they're yeah. two, they're just totally different characters. Now there is funny things in this oh, that I really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, but there's good stick, there's good action. It's a, gu it's a guilty pleasure. Right now, the version I got, which is the early version, very similar, uh, very, uh, very similar. But now, does yours in the front of it have uh, basically them going, okay, let me explain what's up, or no. or not? Well, mine does. Uh, yeah, so because those books, those books are published later. Like the French books, mm -hmm. don't feel any need to apologize. Right. It's only the English ones that do that. Right. Well, mine, you know, the you know, uh, in his portrayal of the Belgian Congo, the young Hergé reflects the colonial attitudes of the time, as you've said. Yeah. Uh, he himself admitted that he depicted his Africans according to the bourgeois paternalistic stereotypes of this period. Uh, the same may be said of his treatment of big game hunting and his attitude towards animals. And, you know, when people are talking about taking this out of selling them with the other Tintins, yeah. I do think it needs something like this. It needs an explanation. It needs an asterisk. It needs a page up front. Because yes. you can't just swallow it in the same way that you would swallow other, the rest. Other English-speaking people agree with you. When mm -hmm. Egmont published their version of it in 2005, it actually had a, a wrapper around it with a warning. Like I say, the French are could care less, apparently. Mm-hmm. The country of Charlie Hebdo, they don't care about so yeah, what Tintin's that's a, doing. Well, yeah, they deal with, they, yeah, they do, but they're anti-racist, you know. They they deal with racism in a, in a very different way, Yeah, you know. But now, would you consider this book to be racist? No. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room that Tintin hasn't shot yet. Do you, you don't consider this book to I can, be racist? Well, okay, I would say yes. I would consider it. You've said yes, and most of the questions I'm asking you, <laughs> I ask you for one or the other, and you say yes to both. I say yes to both. Which could be true about, about art. Well, this is what I mean. All right, hit me with yes, it. Yes, now. Well, I think if we read this now, we would consider it racist. All right. At what In our post-60s view of, of... So it's 1960s that it stopped being, or it started think, being racist. Well, I think with decolonization... And th those sort of movements in the 1960s, mm -hmm. I think our view of Africans 
changed. I mean, I think if you watch, if you, not just Tintin, but if you look at any cult, public or pop culture pre 1960s, mm-hmm. you will see a very different treatment of different races than you will have than you will see after that. Oh, even like the old Warner Brothers cartoons, you yes. look and there's you yeah. know the character Inky and yes. uh, in the jungle, and mm-hmm. you know you he, 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 you look at that now and just go, oh, that ain't that ain't flying at all. But even <laughs> when I was a, like, here's the thing: when I was a kid, you know, we used to go to Sambo's restaurant, and yeah. that was the character basically that was the mascot. Mm-hmm. And so I know you're saying post 60s, yeah. but that was well into the 70s. And Sambo's was a Sambo is an interesting character because it's a little different. It's not. Okay. It's not entirely. A, but when like you we can were... defend, you can defend Sambo as not being a a, a racist stereotype. It's a story with a, a small boy, right. who is attacked by a tiger and who heroically defends himself and does not do it by rolling dice or taking out a switchblade Understood. or any other kind of but cultural the, stereotypes. But the, that... the way they drew him was very similar to the way they would have drawn the racial mm-hmm. stereotypes. Now, when even in the 80s, though, you could see the Warner Brothers cartoons with yeah. Inky and what have you with no problem. And there wasn't a warning beforehand. Yeah. No one said anything. So it still was acceptable, at least in the, at least in the 80s, correct? Well, parents you know, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't. You wouldn't have a because, new story, uh, you know, starring yeah. this type of character. But I would think I would be able to buy Tintin in the Congo no. in the eighties. No, wouldn't that be in my library? Nope. nope. When when did it start? You know, when did two thousand five? Two thousand five was yeah. the first time they did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember when I read Asterix. Yeah. They would have the pirates. Yeah. And the pi- one of the pirates was definitely a stereotypical sure. character. They had the large lips. They had all the, you know, predominant features that you would have in a caricature mm-hmm. at yeah. the time. And definitely I could read that in the early 70s. That sure. was there. So I what mean, was the, the problem with Tintin that uh, they didn't have with Asterix? Well, Asterix, I think the problem with isn't the character, isn't the drawings. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all, every character in Asterix is a, is a caricature of various national types whether it's a spaniard or yep. the italian they're all drawn in these very stereotypical ways that yeah. you look at them and you go i guess that's the roman has the roman nose the roman has the roman, roman nose the yeah. spaniard has a big droopy beard and a way of standing and the the swiss are fanatically clean and the british right. have no chins and you know it goes on and on it's a million stereotypes in in, in asterix and that's its bread and butter that's a bread and butter of asterix that's why yeah. he goes to germany asterix in germany yep and asterix in switzerland and asterix Goes here, Asterix goes to England. You know, all those books play on the stereotypes of accepted stereotypes of those characters. Right. The difference between Tintin and that is that Tintin is a celebration of colonial colonialism, which is something different than what Asterix is doing. Okay. You know, so and I think you can object to the the big lipped look of a black character in Asterix yeah. and say that's you know unfair to say that black people have big lips or that you shouldn't exaggerate that for a drawing of a black person, but the he still isn't you know that character of the black pirate he's an equal to the he's other an equal to the other pirates he's not pirates, treated yeah. less than them he doesn't you know and uh, other black characters who are drawn like an asterix uh the legionary there's a, a black character in that i believe that's part of the legion and you know or maybe asterix gladiator has a black but you know they're drawn in that style mm-hmm. but they're not drawn in a unsympathetic or in a demeaning way mm-hmm. you know and i don't think these characters are drawn in a demeaning way but i think they're drawn in a way that's very much you know the great white father looking after these young these small children who my, can't look after themselves yeah my I, i'd say i'd say the one i was reading is it's drawn in a demeaning way just cuz well not even drawn but like written there's no character in here that's you know equal to tintin i mean tintin is a superman well, no frankly. no it's demeaning yeah i'm just saying i'm but i'm that's why i think that it's 
why it's different than Asterix. Yeah. Well, the version you've got is a little bit. I mean, it's it's split in hairs. But the 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 version I've got is a little bit more stereotypical. But then all the characters are like yeah. Tintin is more rounder in the yeah. face. Everyone is is broad is drawn in a more broad fashion. Yeah. So the uh, characters in the Congo are as well drawn in a more broad fashion. And in your version, everything's tightened up a little bit more, and they look a little bit more human in yours than they do in mine. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, he made he made some corrections like you know like when he did this he tried to make it more palatable right he tried to keep to the essential story he didn't want to change it you know change all that you know because he you know it is what it is i think that's how he viewed it you know it is what it is i mean i drew this when i was 22 23 right. and as he says useful useful sin <laughs> um yeah he's i mean i'd have to read more interviews with him to see how he felt about it because mm-hmm. i haven't done that kind of research yeah but from what i've you know seen so far it's like he knows what oh, yeah. it comes he across as later he wouldn't defend it and i think and you know my book tintin Congo. i have the french version that's the only version i have is one in french mm-hmm. and uh i got it when i went to paris in 1989 and i bought it there because i could not get it in canada at that time, this is pre-Amazon and stuff like that. So, there's, right. you know, I could not get it locally from any store. No one carried, there was no English version of it and no one carried a French version of it. So when I was in Paris, I bought it while I was there at a uh, Virgin Megastore in Paris. Remember when they had Virgin Megastores, everybody? Mm-hmm. What a time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was the only way I could get, see, ever see this book. You know, and I read it and I was kind of like, well, that was okay. You know, that definitely wasn't worth a thousand dollars I just spent to get it. And I, and it was I, only one day in Paris, and, and I flew I'm, back home again. I'm going uh, right now. I'm reading mine. You know, I don't like doing this, but I'm reading it off the internet because there's no other way for me to get it. Yeah. Uh, you it's know, it's out of print again. It's out of print. You know, we uh, we had to scramble, not scramble, but to get Land of the Soviets, we found a, a bookstore here that could order it for you specifically. Yeah. You lent it to me. I read it beforehand, and I'm going to buy every other one along the way. But this one I had you to go better. with. Yeah. All right. All right. And then I, then I will. Then I will. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're open to discussion on this. And next, in our next show, I mean, there's a, uh, in Winnipeg, they're trying to ban, uh, Tintin in America. Well, that'd be interesting. Which we can get into I, yeah, that discussion. I think you then. should read it and, and see what you think, because I think that's a much more sympathetic view of, of, of the you know Native Americans in that, then you would find uh, of the Congolese in this book. Well, everyone everyone here is for comedic purposes, or therefore, or they're villains. Well, the the villain is mostly uh, a white guy is the bad is the really bad guy. Yeah, and the other ones are bad guys, but they're a little too dumb to be the real bad guys, and they're just kind of being used. Yeah. by the main the main bad so guy. The, the interesting thing about the change, like when he drew uh, Tintin for Le Petit Vingtième. Uh, he drew uh, a basically, you know, excepting a few different, you know, a few changes. It was basically a six-panel grid, okay. so six p- panels per page mm-hmm. for the albums. Because uh, the French draw in a different way than 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 they do in North America, it's it's more. It's basically uh, it can be a six or sorry, it can be a twelve to to sixteen panel grid, so he can fit more page information in. So. That's why from 62 pages down, from 110 down to 62, there's actually not that much lost in terms of story. Okay. And ev- events that happen in the, in, in the book. I read both of them. I read the black and white right. one and I've read the color one. Do you, okay. Uh, so do you want to go through generally the, uh, the book? Sure. Right? All right. Sure. Uh, this is, uh, of course, uh, a bit of a spoiler podcast. So if you have not yeah. read the book and you don't want anything spoiled, uh, read it yeah. first. Delete this show. Delete the or, or yeah. Unsubscribe. Or as soon as we're done with this show, uh, drink heavily and uh, <laughs> erase your memory uh, and then uh, enjoy it and read it and then listen That's to right. this again. That's right. All right. Uh, we won't necessarily go uh, page by page, but we can go uh, through the general 
things. Uh, well, we're starting off with Tintin, and he's just saying goodbye to everybody. He's about to go on his trip. Yep. And uh, and Snowy is bragging so, to his dog friends yeah. about uh, what he's going to do on this trip. Yes. Uh, he's going to go after a lion. And you've and in both of, course, of these versions, I got to say, I like my old timey version with my dogs better than your dogs. Your dogs seem a bit prim and proper. Uh, my dogs seem just crazily drawn and uh, a lot more fun. <laughs> yes, and there's more of them too. And there's more of them. Yeah, it was just like the, uh, well, the other. The interesting thing designs. about the railway, the first panel. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing about that is Quick and Flipka, his little urchin, street urchin characters are are in there. Oh, so they're, okay. They're there. You can see the one. They're in the front. The one boy wears a black beret. Yeah. Or has black hair. I can never quite figure it out. They're right here. The blonde boy and the black boy. And they're also in this version as well. But he also added himself and his friend at the, uh, and colorist of the... Because at that time he was going back through the early ones. Yeah. And they're being recolored for publication by Casterman. So Edgar P. Jacobs is also on the train state platform with him. And the Thompson twins... Are also oh, on the we train them in the background. Yeah, and they're saying, "Oh, it seems to be uh, some young journalist is going to Africa." They don't know who he is because they actually don't appear. Right. They didn't properly appear until four books and in. And in my version, it's just two generic uh, Joes yeah, in yeah. the background. Yeah. Who I guess would they be, still be police officers or are they? Uh, no, I think they're supporters. just as you say, generic jo- Joes. Okay. Well, they got matching outfits. So, um, you know, Snowy, uh, Snowy, you know what is uh, is a bit of a moaner and a complainer. And uh, does not he sees a spider and considers that to be a bad omen. Now, if, yeah. if Snowy is bothered by a spider, he is going to hate this trip because a lot of uh, that, things are going to go badly for Snowy. That book is weirdly translated though, because in the French version, yeah, he's looking in the he's looking for the spider in the trunk. Oh, he says, "Where did it hide?" And he's looking around. And in this book, he, he's he's just kind of I don't know, gen- sort of generally searching. And then he knocks a mirror and breaks it. Right. And then he says, in in my version, he says, uh, seven years bad luck." Not counting what Tintin's going to say, and that one's a different, different in there. Okay, yeah. With this one, he's uh, he sees the spider and says, "A spider in the morning, terrible warning." Yeah, he says that in here, but yeah. in French. By the way, I don't think that's an expression at all. No, it's it? a French expression because yeah. it says, uh, "Araignée de matin, chagrin." Right. That's the, the so spider in the morning, you'll have chagrin. Says <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Spider on your chin. Much chagrin. Now, Snowy, we've seen him be arrogant. Uh, he's putting on the hat now. He's yeah. pretending he's a big game hunter. Yeah. So dramatically, comedically, there's only one place to go with that. This dog has to get hurt in some way. Because <laughs> yep. uh, he's full of hubris. Yes. Pride goeth before Snowy's fall. Time for petard. Absolutely. Time to be hoisted. And uh, he is fo- who's full. Although he did break a mirror, mirror so it, what happens to him is explicable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, in yours, uh, not in mine. He breaks a mirror. Uh, well, he drops it, but uh, it doesn't look like it. Oh, yeah, it does break. Yeah, because he says, "Yeah, seven, right, seven, seven years, bad, bad luck, luck, a bad omen." Yeah, that's tough for a dog too. Seven dog years. See, it's a better joke in the French that one. That is forty-nine, 49 years, years of dog years of bad luck. Half a century of bad luck. Oh my god, didn't even live that long. But in here, because I like, I like his little joke. I say, you know, seven years bad luck, not counting what Tintin's going to say. So he's going to get in trouble, and yeah. also have seven years bad luck. Absolutely. I don't know why bad omen, whatever. So, uh, tin, uh, so Snowy at this point. Uh, here's someone talking and uh, yes. runs out and uh, oh, runs into a parrot. Yes, so the parrot is yelling, soft kipu in mine, meaning, uh, you know, what would they say? What do they say in there? Uh, in mine, it's on hand, all hands on deck, abandon ship, every man for himself. Every man for himself. I think that'd be what soft kipu would yeah. mean, basically save, save yourself who can. That seems like a really bad thing to teach a parrot to say and put him on a boat. 
That seems like a, you know, it's like a, a parrot you teach to yell, fire, fire, we're all going to well, die, what makes and then sus- send it into a theater. It's not just that. What's suspicious is that he's heard it so much, He's it's become part of That's his... That's what I mean. You've oh. trained this bird to yeah. say this thing that is the worst thing you could probably but you say. Didn't, you didn't train it. He's just heard it so much, because every oh, boat his master's on, it's, it sings. Yeah, that's a good point. So, apparently, his uh, I think his uh, his master is a navigator. So and he's a terrible navigator. Terrible navigator. All right. Well, Tintin does have a lot of bad travel luck. As we mentioned in the last, uh, you know, this is probably the longest I've seen Tintin on a vessel that did not sink or, <laughs> or crash. Or crash, but he's not driving. That's so true. There you go. He's just a passenger. So, you know, the the parrot bites the tail because yes. that's, that's funny. You can bite a dog on the kind of butt. That's a funny bit. Yeah. And uh, get into a fight. Kids, kids would laugh at that. Yeah. And, of course, that's the, in the, your version, that is the uh, cliffhanger. Snowy and the parrot in a, a circle of fighting. Okay. Which I'm still wondering if, if uh, Hergé developed that, the circle of fighting. I, ha- I, went, I wonder. Then everyone used in the future in, yeah, uh, yeah especially North America. I wonder, if if, or if he took it from American comics. I'd have to go back and look at my Smithsonian w- collection I would, of uh, comic strips. Would uh, Thimble Theater be around this time? I think it'd be uh, later than this. Okay, I'm trying to think of like a scrappy comic strip. One Cats and Jammer Kids. Cats and Jammer Kids Cats would be a good Kids, example. So he might have borrowed it from that. All right. Now uh, there's a lot of talk in mind of uh, uh, Cytococcus. Am I am I getting that right? Cytocosis? Cytocosis. All right. Now what is that? It's, I guess it's some sort of a disease that can be transmitted from bird uh, bird bite. Okay, and uh, they just mention this a lot. It's uh, a weird thing to bring up in a, in a book, and the fact that. Here's the thing. He's going to. He's going to. Uh, I'm going to count from my book. He's going to Africa. Right. We see him on a train. We see him on a boat for one, two, three, four. Did I lose count already? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Basically, not eight and a half pages mm-hmm. is him getting to. So out of the 62 pages, I'm on page nine, and he's just arriving on the shores of of Africa. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. What it says to me is that he had no. He just. He couldn't be bothered. So he just thought, he just had all his boat stuff in his you yeah. know so he just kind of kept doing all well, his boat I, stuff. Well, I would also think like maybe you know you're a young man you haven't traveled much the idea of a boat trip is exotic and interesting. That's true. You know so let's go about that. So uh, he's a uh, good old Snowy's got a bad infection on his tail showing that Snowy got no shots at all for this trip to the Congo. Well, I don't a, know if you would back then or he's not. He's a dog. He is a dog. Well, look, the dog's going to be walking through the Congo Listen, as well. We didn't. We're a white colonialist. We yeah. don't. We don't go and get diseases. We bring diseases with us. Understood. But if you're, if you're, the first thing that happens, you're Except on a, syphilis. We you're on a boat literally ten minutes, and yeah. your dog's got an infection that he can die from. Eh, maybe prep a little bit better. The, the beginning part of this book shows Tintin. Like later on in the book, we'll find out Tintin is the worst hunter that has ever existed. Uh, but for this point, Tintin is now up until a little bit from now, he's yeah. the worst dog owner. That well, has ever why? existed. Why? Because you've left your dog alone, your dog has gotten terribly hurt, and then your dog gets terribly hurt again, and then your dog gets terribly hurt again. Look after your dog. I think, I don't think you can blame Tintin, Tintin for, for all this trouble. Yeah, it's Snowy is the one who's, he's the self-willed grumpy dog who does all this stuff. It's not like Tintin put put uh, Snowy in a cupboard with a parrot. Snowy got in a fight mm-hmm. with a parrot. Mm-hmm. Well, he got in a fight with a parrot because the parrot was uh, saying, you know, abandon ship. How I mean, is, is Snowy going to, like, think that that's a parrot? No, that's not Snowy's mistake. Snowy's doing the right thing. When you go abandon ship, you leave your cabin, in, man. I just want to defend the correct thing. I want to defend Tintin in the original text, which okay. is that there is no mention of abandoned ship. 
All right. It's merely every man for himself that the that the parrot is yelling. Now you're saying the original text. Of course, yeah. I'm reading an earlier version of this, but you're, you're saying it's translated. A, you're reading a translation. I think they they changed it. That is your assumption, correct? But is it is it for sure, or is that just you're thinking Not, that? I think yes. I think it's. Ah, you know what happens when you assume? You pull a real snowy. Is what you? <laughs> is that, I'm gonna get bitten by a parrot. That's right. So Snowy goes to the uh, to the doctor, uh, gets gets fooled. Uh, like here's the thing in mind is you've got the uh, you got the guy coming in again racial the stereotype ship's full carpenter. of full of tools. Yeah. Uh, he freaks out. But I gotta say I'm glad Snowy isn't bothered by his race. He's yeah. just bothered by the tools. Yes. Uh, then uh, Tintin brings up the race and the next thing. It's too bad. Uh, but says calm down. It's uh, just a carpenter. Here comes the vet and you know fixes him up and everything's fine. But then, uh, uh, so, you know, the, t- the door slams on Snowy's tail again. Poor guy. In, in, the, uh, in this version, there's no mention of his uh, race. So Okay. That's nice. Well, good. Removed. Good for them. Once again, Snowy, you know, Snowy's poor tail gets smashed. And uh, doesn't seem, Tintin, not that sympathetic in mine. How about <laughs> no. yours? No. No. He's more like, he says, oh, he says, well, he says, oh, pardon my pauvre milieu. Which means? My poor, poor Snowy. Oh, okay. And he says, uh, decidedly, you don't, you're not having any luck today. All so. right. And then the parrot, who we've now established is full of infection, <laughs> yes. is mocking Snowy. Yeah. Snowy goes running after him. Tintin doesn't seem to care about this. Snowy has never... He can't resist it. No, I understand that. But when you He's know... He's a dog. He's still a dog. But when you know a parrot is full He's of infection, has just infected your dog, He's a dog, you don't let the dog chase after the parrot again, right? He, he tries to stop him. Uh, he, doesn't he calls try, his name. Does not try to stop him in my version, the original version. He doesn't care. <laughs> so Snowy falls down a hole and... Uh, it doesn't he, show Snowy running up the stairs chasing after the parrot? He does, but it's just uh, Tintin with a question mark over his head going... Oh, okay. Huh? Okay. Yeah, what? Oh, Interesting. What's going on? Yeah, Slight again, change, yeah. As we've said, like in our last episode, if you want to make a drinking game out of Tintin, and you shouldn't, but if you do, every time someone has a question mark above their head, take a drink. But then you'd have to really would, pace yourself through the yeah, story. Yeah, I would be laying on the floor after this yeah, two you, pages. you would. That is true. All right. I'm logging back on to my computer here because it's uh, taking me off here. But please continue. So well, I think well, what's interesting, what happens next is, of course, Tim Snowy does the classic falls down the, the horn. I, never, I guess there are ventilation shafts on the boats. Mm-hmm. So he falls down this ventilation shaft and then clonks on top of this guy, this inexplicable character that is is a stowaway. Yep. Or as he's called in, in French, uh, passenger clandestine. Oh, I like that better. A clandestine passenger. I wouldn't buy, mind being a clandestine passenger. I don't want to be a stowaway. I like stowaway. Yeah, this is our villain. A stowaway is like, uh, this is, our, yes, our villain appears. But in a kind of odd way, because he's an inexplicable villain. He's just sort of, suddenly he's, he's there, he's, he's mad at a dog that, and starts you know, trying to hit him with a club. And then Snowy does the natural thing, which is to jump out a porthole while at sea. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that he wants to kill the dog. Yeah. Like the dog just like showed up. Like so what? You know, uh, it did strike him on the head when he fell down the thing. Right, but, but the guy didn't come in through the port. Like, did he come in? He wouldn't come th- through the portal. There must be a door. Let the dog out the door, and your problem is solved, right? Yeah. The dog isn't. Yeah. How's the dog going to rat you out? He's a dog. You know, let let this uh, let sleeping dogs lie is what I say. I like in my version when Snowy goes into the water though. A Tintin sees him and yells, "Man overboard!" Right. So. Right. Uh, yeah. I got that as well in mine. Probably he would probably would. He's probably aware that if he said dog overboard, it would be like, eh, yep, dog, too bad for you. As we see later on with the pilots, eh, a dog. Right, and rightfully so, frankly. 
you know, uh, because, you know, uh, he tries to rescue Snowy. Uh, in my version, there's an electric eel, yeah. uh, which then sends so, a, sh- a shock up the uh, the rope. It's not an electric eel, but it's it's a, a manta ray or some sort of I a say, ray. I uh, yeah, say, the electric ray I've got here. Yeah, some sort of a, a, a manta Because electric eels, I don't think, jump out of the water, and they're not big, flat, disc-shaped things. Fair enough. But uh, It's definitely electric enough to send a, a shock through the wire. Yes. Uh, the porter then tries to uh, rescue uh, Snowy. Uh, does not succeed. Uh, the uh, thing lands on... The life uh, preserver lands on Snowy's head. Classic. Classic bit. Yeah, classic bit. Uh, and then he informs Tintin, sorry, he's sunk to the bottom. And yeah. that's when Tintin gives this guy, at least in my version, a real scolding for yeah. saying, you know... You know, you're not a real man for not rescuing this dog. Yeah, he says, "I'll show you what a how a real what a real man." Yeah, does. you know what a real man is too. It's not a dog, which is what you yelled "man overboard" earlier. <laughs> and as we see now, we've already established one that well. First of all, jumping off of any boat in the middle of the sea is a dangerous bit of business. You probably wouldn't do that to rescue a dog as a porter. You know, it's, uh, sorry, man, yeah. your dog fell over. Too bad. Yeah. You know, that was you, that was you being a terrible dog owner. Have him on a leash. Uh, we know there's electric rays in there, and the guy clearly knows that there's sharks as well. You're not going to go rescue a dog with all that business going on in there. The dog's gone. That almost seems sacrilegious. How so? Having uh, Snowy on a leash. Seems wrong. Wrong in every way. It seems wrong, but it would have saved Snowy from, I don't know, his 16 injuries so far. (laughs) (laughs) So Tintin goes and rescues him, but gets gets, uh, grabbed by a shark. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Requin. Yeah, but uh, beats up the shark in my version with a with a life preserver, which yeah. actually is not the worst thing to do with a shark. Hitting him no. in the nose—that is actually what you should do with a shark if yeah. you can. Yeah. So that is good advice that uh, Tintin's giving there. And he has a good joke about it being sick in the morning or something from eating a, a life preserver. Yeah, he'll have a tummy ache. <laughs> yeah. And so, what's interesting—the interesting change between these two books is one of the changes that uh, Hergé made, besides the kind of uh, cutting down on the colonialism is also getting rid of. Uh, and I think there's only this one really big example that I can think of. But when when Snowy is declared alive in in the original version, Tintin clasps his hands and looks skyward and says, "Heaven be praised." And uh, that does yeah. not occur in this version. So Erge uh, kind of took out what obviously was one of his briefs uh, coming from the up, the higher ups was to have a certain amount of religiosity in, in it as well. So well, here's here's the way it plays out for me. It seems like heaven be praised is what you say after you've gotten good news, right? Yeah. Well, well, the way it plays out here though is Tintin. All right. The the first thing you hear is, is uh, just be quiet. I can't hear anything as he's listening to the dog. Yeah. And then uh, Tintin goes, "Heaven be praised," sounding like Tintin. Snowy's dead. It's, and then he goes, "He's alive. His heart's beating." It's just bad balloon placement. It is than, bad balloon yeah. placement. But the way it plays out here yeah. is just like, "Oh, Snowy's finally out of my life. Yeah. I can uh, I can move on and get things." Nope, he's alive. Too bad. That's something else that uh, Tintin or Erge uh, learned was how to. Balloon placement, and uh, like a lot of times, you'll have balloons that are behind the person's body or head, and so the words are split up in between, which he still did later on, but not as annoyingly well, as in this. You were saying that you know he liked North American cartoons, which which did that, and before this, most cartoons in Belgium would not have word balloons at all, no, right? No. Yeah, so it's a new it's a new field you're learning. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A little bit of a mistake there. That's fine. Well, he's actually arrived in the Congo now. We've finally gotten there. Yes. Yeah, you've got a nice uh, shot in your uh, book of uh, them arriving there, and uh, we are there. And and uh, you think the Congo is going to be a little bit primitive, and it is, yeah. yet big fans of Tintin. Well, they would get Belgian newspapers yeah. there, so I guess the 
Petit Vingtième and Le Vingtième Siècle would be right. published there as well as anywhere else. And so as much as you know, we're playing up the primitive aspect, and there's, yeah. you know, there's let's say there's problems. Uh, they all know how to read, and they're fans of t- basically anywhere Tintin goes. Yeah, everyone's a fan of Tintin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's the old James Bond thing. It's like if you look in James Bond movies, everyone knows the famous James Bond. When yeah. James Bond dies, it's in all the papers, and everyone knows it. Yet James Bond can walk down the street and no one knows it's James Bond. Or even, he can go in, in disguise and no one knows it's James. Yeah. Or even he says, "I'm uh, what's your name, Bond, James Bond," when he's checking into a hotel, yeah. and people are like, "Oh, okay," and no one around him goes, "Oh, that's James Bond." But yeah. same thing with Tintin. He can walk around; well, no one really notices him until you know. And but he is famous enough that everyone maybe, notices. This him. This may be a little off topic, but in *Under Majesty's Secret Service*, doesn't he go in disguise in Blofeld's lair? And Blofeld is there, and he knows who James Bond is. Yeah. Like, he knows there's a person named James Bond, but he doesn't recognize James Bond in disguise as... Oh, that's a good point. Isn't that weird? That is a bit weird, Because everyone else knows who he is, and he knows that there is a James Bond, yet somehow... He doesn't know well, him to look at him, although he, he's... Again, this is turning the topic enemy. a little bit. Uh, we have established, though, in the first scene of Her Majesty's Secret Service, yeah. uh, George Lazenby does turn to the camera and goes, this never happened to the other guy. Maybe Blofeld's waiting for the other guy. He's like, <laughs> oh, they changed James Bond? Oh, I didn't know that. Is this the new guy? I didn't know that. I thought Sean Connery was showing up. That's my mistake. I didn't watch the opening joke. My bad. My yeah, because we have established that people know this is a new guy. And back to Tintin. So everyone is uh, cheering Tintin, long live Tintin, long live Snowy. Very similar to the end of Land of the Soviets, yeah. where everyone like greets him. Everyone loves uh, Tintin. What I like there is that they vive, vive something is very French. Mm-hmm. Very French. Vive Milou, vive, vive Tintin. But why? Why not to say hooray for Tintin, which is what we would say. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't say long live Tintin. No one would say that. No one on earth who speaks English says long live so-and-so unless it's a king or That's queen. That's a good point. It just seems bad translation. There's a few examples of poor translations in there that you don't get from, uh, what were their name? What were the name of the people who did the translations for, for the English ones? Oh, I do not know. I'm Tell sorry. me now. No. Derek? I, I something will not, and Anthea? I, I would just be making them up. Stoddard? Stephen, Stephen Derek Stoddard? Bell. Derek Stoddard sure. and Anthea Bell? Something like yes, that. Yes, exactly. You're absolutely right. Something like that. They, they did fantastic translations. I don't know who did that translation. Right. Not as good. And so now we got Snowy having some issues with mosquitoes. Getting uh, eaten alive by mosquitoes. Yes. And uh, he gets no relief till the next morning when, when Tintin, again, the world's worst dog owner, yes. shows up and what? sees that his dog has been uh, bitten senseless by these uh, bugs. It's kind of, he, he hogged the, the mosquito net netting. Yeah. Didn't let the dog on the bed yeah. or even Tintin, at the foot of the bed. not a bite on him. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. Well, Snowy believed that mosquitoes don't bite dogs. Snowy is learning... A valuable lesson. That everything will bite Snowy. No, well, it's terrible to be the sidekick because you are the comic relief. Uh-huh. And everything bad will happen to you and nothing will happen to the hero. Yep. Tinder's not going to get covered in a bunch of, you know, hives from being stung by mosquitoes because who wants to look at a lumpy-faced Tintin having an adventure? No one. No one. So, uh, yeah, so abuse the dog. So then uh, it's time now. We've established that everyone loves Tintin's writing. Let's watch Tintin get some job offers yeah. from all the different newspapers. Mm-hmm. Is this just saying, you know, their paper is great and yeah. uh, Tintin's great? and what? It's just weird. Yeah, it's a weird sequence. It's a weird it? sequence where they're all offering yeah. him lots of money. And you would think, like, as a kid, you're seeing the amount of money being offered and just go, just take it, Tintin. Don't be a fool. <laughs> Don't be a fool, Tintin. No, you wouldn't think that as a kid. No, you'd go, like, good for you, Tintin. You'd be like, oh, he's so honorable. <laughs> okay. What a but, guy. But look after your dog. Your dog's going to have a lot of medical bills. 
And probably Tintin's rich. I think, like, in the last book, Tintin had money to burn. He always had, like, a wad of bills in his pocket. Well, he was being paid by the newspaper to, yeah. go, to, to go there. It was, it was glorious days for reporters. He must have had quite the bankroll. And yeah. His, his uh, money belt must have just been like, ginormous. Well, and at this point, we start, we meet uh, after he says, after he blows these guys off and goes, no. Well, well, in your version, it's interesting because in your version, it says, you know, no, no, no. I work for Le Petit Vantiem. Yeah. You know, they pay me so well, it's unbelievable. They pay me way more than you guys can possibly And eat. even if they didn't, um, even yeah. if they paid less, I would do it out of loyalty yeah. for I am Tintin. For I am Tintin. Ha ha. In this one, he does not mention Le Petit Vantiem, obviously. It's more generic. It's just kind of like, I already have people that I'm working for and I would not betray them, you know, so. Yeah. Getting a better job is not betrayal, but fair enough. <laughs> um, then he meets Coco, who is going to be his assistant. Uh, and well, it's, it's the same job. What's that? But he's contractually agreed to do a, a job for someone. Yeah, that's so fair. So you just don't go to somewhere and then someone offers you more money. You just jump ship and, and start, you know. Do you? Is that what you do? I don't know. I don't know if it matters, really. I don't know if... I don't, I don't know. know. That would seem a little dishonorable. All right. Fair enough. Then why are the guys making this... Ah, it's fair enough. All why, right. is the guy, why are the guys making the offer? Yeah. Well, because they're, they're shady. You know what I would do for those guys? I would have those guys. I would say, like, listen, uh, forget this adventure. Uh, your next adventure, let's uh, sponsor that one. How's that sound? Are you working for the? Are you freelance? But anyway. I think you the know most important part of this scene is he's Belgium and, and also darn the, it, he's Belgium. And also the first scene at the the first scene is to remind us that he's a journalist because we never see him do any actual reporting. No, nothing in this one. There's actually there's he no takes no pictures in the Soviet writes one. No stories yeah, in the Soviet. At least there's a scene of him writing what looks like the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's a pile of paper on his table the size of the table. Absolutely. In this one, there's no sign of him ever doing any work at all nope. as a reporter. Okay, so he uh, does take some pictures. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on the pictures. Oh, that is true. He does he take some pictures, pictures of things before he murders them. <laughs> um, so uh, here we go. Uh, we're meeting Coco, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, is again one of these characters that nowadays you'd go, oh, okay. Uh, and and you think like, well, Tintin's treating him quite well. He's fine. But then Snowy says uh, he doesn't look very bright. But then <laughs> Snowy's a jerk to everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, Snowy is judgmental. Snowy never met a guy that he liked, frankly, yeah. unless the guy has a bone. I'm not going to, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, uh, I, it, well, I do think it's part of the, the general trend of, of the idea that they are lesser people who need us to look after them. Right. Because, you know, they just can't do it themselves. Why not get an adult? I don't see why a kid's going to help you in this business. Because the kids are reading it. I guess so. But the kid's not going to identify with this kid. Why not? Because the kid is so different. The kid is 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 one of the others. Like when you have yeah, but we like we when like we have kids. Snowy saying this guy's stupid. No kid's gonna look at that and go like that stupid kid. That's me. I I relate to this kid. You're not. Yeah, but when you read when you're when you read stuff when you're a kid, you like kids interacting with kids. You don't want to have you know like when you read the Babysitters Clubs Club. You don't want like an adult in the middle yeah, of this. I never of read babysitters. the Babysitters Club. I, I just use that example. More, Are we gonna be doing a Babysitters uh, Club podcast? At you know, some point? there's a reason that that. Uh, the Hardy Boy's dad is never there. Right. Not just that he's an FBI agent and is that, thus is on the job. But it's just, it would be no fun. It's because he's actually committing all the crimes that they solve. But be, they're actually covering up for their old man. It would be no fun like reading a book where like adults are there all the time solving the problems for the kids. Wouldn't you think... Now, I'm going to disagree because I don't think there's anything that you get from Tintin, who's basically like a teenager, right? Yeah. And he's bossing around a little kid. Now, if you had Tintin bossing around... I'm not going to tell you how to write your story, but I am going to tell you how to write your story. And you're bossing around an adult. Now, your adult can fall over stuff and have a lot of slapstick and you feel pretty good. But of a little kids, 
yeah. uh, falling well, over stuff. Really you feel that. Yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't do that though. He, he doesn't, doesn't do that because you can't do that. So yeah. now, why have I got this kid here? What's he? What's he doing? Nothing. You know, through the whole thing, he's got no uh, no story well, or no he is, he, it's We have comedy relief. Wanna, I've got Snowy next to me. Can I just blow your mind and like tell you that this is the most popular Tintin book in Africa? Okay, it seems weird, but it is. Yeah, people like being talked about, even if it's not in a good way. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe that's what that character is yeah. there for. He's the identification. If there's a if there's a book called Canadians are jerks, and I'm sure there are. We would love that in Canada. We'd read and go, "Oh, let's see what they're talking about." Oh, they seem to be talking about me. Love it. You know, that doesn't mean it's it's right to do. So, um, t- so Tintin is now going to go uh, look for some game. This is the first time we're introduced to Tintin, the worst hunter in existence. Wait, by worst, you mean worst or most efe- efficient? No, nope, not him worst? not efficient. Bad, <laughs> just bad hunter. Does not know how to handle a gun. And Tintin is is kind of James Bondy in that he's good at everything. Like he's a good fighter. Yeah. He can get knocked out. But yeah. then James Bond can get knocked out. Yeah. Uh, but he'll snap to and he'll be all this right. This isn't Tintin yet, though, right? This okay. is the nascent Tintin. I'm talking about a guy that's named yeah. Tintin in this story. I know, I know. So, uh, so good old Snowy goes for a swim. But when you compare him with James Bond or uh-huh. being like an adventure, you know, an adventure, you know, reporter looking at looking for mysteries and stuff right. like that, that's not here yet. There's no mysteries in these stories, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some sort of weird. There's gonna be later. There's, there's a weird be a plot. conspiracy. Yeah, there's later. a weird plot, but I mean, it's it's so half-ass and so in a, you know tossed off that it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with the book itself. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's no through line or anything. Yeah, but to be fair with James Bond stories, who cares too? You know, what's the big plot? He but wants they do to. Have the, a, they do have a plot, but yeah. who cares? And there's a goal that he's working towards absolutely but in james bond who cares and like when he gets to the goal Mm -hmm. then there isn't like 20 more minutes of the film of him but it doesn't dancing in a a club understood but like you get to a james bond thing and it doesn't matter what the villain's plot is like no matter what he wants to do whether he wants to like stop the world from global warming or he wants to take over cable networks or you know whatever he wants to do or he's just now not racist you gotta blow up his lair the end Mm -hmm. no matter what it's all leading to well, the same even, thing. Even the super Kaboom. even the villain knows that because that's why he he insists on explaining his yeah. plan because he just has this inferiority complex about it, you know. Yeah, all which right. is the name of his of his lair is the inferiority complex. Understood. I've yeah. got about a half hour left, so we've got to burn through this. Let's go. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot of animals to kill, Dave. <laughs> and let's start with uh, crocodile. So the crocodile's attacking Snowy. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't kill the crocodile though. Oh uh, yeah, he does. So. Uh, <laughs> So this, he's uh, shooting the crocodile, does not work, yeah. uh, and then uh, the crocodile comes to eat him. He takes his gun, tries to shoot him directly down the throat. Yes. That's what he tries. Well, it's pretty to, close. Yeah, tries, yeah. but click, click, no yeah. dice. No dice. Uh, then just takes... Forgot to load his gun. Takes the gun, jams the crocodile's mouth open. Yeah. Yeah, the crocodile's going to die from that. There's no way that crocodile's surviving. How could a gun be that short, by the way? It's a rifle. It's not a pistol. It mm-hmm. seems rather, rather short... Yeah, it's, it's mysteriously lengthens and, and shrinks. Now, in your required. version, is the crocodile crying crocodile tears when he's uh, stuck? Uh, he has tears coming out. Yeah, yeah crocodile tears. Yeah, a little bit of a joke there. So enjoy. Uh, <laughs> right. So uh, you know, Coco runs away. He's a bit of a coward. Well, he doesn't run away. He's beaten by the he's yeah. beaten by the guy who steals the his his car because Tintin's car, which we kind of miss. He gets a car. There's a little bit of a joke that. The guy says, "Oh, this will be a great car for you know, that, you know, driving yeah. around." And then you see the car; it's an old jalopy from well, even though he's beat, twenty years ago. Even though he's beaten, uh, you know, uh, he says Coco is frightened and hiding. Coco is referring to himself, yeah, much like the Hulk would, yes. in the first person. Yeah, uh, Coco is frightened and is hiding. Uh, then this white master is going away with Chug Chug. 
You know, this is a guy who reads a newspaper. But anyway, fair enough. Uh, and then and and uh, Snowy gives him the old, you know, frightened. Well, gives him a good scolding for being scared. He was just beaten by an adult. You know, he's yeah. got a reason to be frightened. And by the way, Snowy, you're scared all the time. <laughs> you're scared of everything. Oh, hush. So, yep, there we go. We see uh, the bad guy, uh, who is the only real big white bad guy in this. Yeah. If you see a guy who's acting bad, it's this guy. That's it. <laughs> uh, through this whole thing. Uh, uh, Tintin tries to take a coconut, throw him at his head. But coconut, but Tintin, again, incompetent in this, as competent as he was in the first one. Yeah. First story. Yeah. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Just knocks his hat off. Now he's out of luck, doesn't have a gun, doesn't know what to do. Luckily, uh, monkeys from the trees uh, see Tintin and monkey see monkey do. They all <laughs> basically look like kill the guy with coconuts. We know he's not dead, but at this time, it looks like he's, he's been... He's buried under a mound of coconuts. He is biblically stoned with yeah. every coconut in the tree, yeah. There's more coconuts on him than in a mound, Spar. Yes. <laughs> There's more coconuts than a Marx Brothers film festival. <laughs> Which would probably be one coconuts. Um, then we see... Now, here's where we really get Tintin, the terrible, incompetent hunter who and, doesn't know what he's doing. And also vile hunter. Like, even when I read this, when I, I mean, I, when I read this, I was in my, my early 20s. So, yeah. I was... This was pretty, pretty outrageously horrible, this, these scenes. Yeah. So, he's... As a uh, person who's not that much into hunting, if he, at, like, at all. Yeah. Trying to shoot an antelope. Oh, didn't get it. It's not a bad gag. It's not a bad gag. Again, oh, didn't get it. Oh, I didn't get it. Oh, I didn't get it. And then, wait, you did get it. It's a stack of antelopes. Yeah. You've killed 15 (laughs) antelopes. And you only take one with you, you jerk. I know. And then he says, at least we'll have lots of fresh meat. Uh, No. No, you won't. Because you have a bunch of stuff laying in the sun. Yeah, by the way, you know, how, you far, aw- these. how far are you away from the village? Maybe you could tell them. Maybe they could eat some antelope, you know? I don't know how hungry yeah. they are, but they'd probably appreciate well, this. You know, you know what this means? What's that? The lion eats tonight. No, he wouldn't. A lion wouldn't eat carrion. He wouldn't? I don't think so. I think a lion would uh, have to uh, kill its own. You know, oh, it wouldn't I'm just sorry. see like a bunch of antelope lying in the sun. This is jackal time, So what you're time, telling me man. is that a lion has a lot of pride. What I, I just want to make a yeah, shout Dave, out. That's the main thing I'm telling you. Are we going to do these kids jokes? Because <laughs> we can do it if you want. I just want to make a shout out for the French bang, which is pan. Oh, okay. P-A-N. Very nice. I love that. All right. Now it's time for a monkey to kidnap uh, Snowy, which seems like a funny bit. And yeah. and here's the here's the one thing that you... If it's you a go funny li- bit. It starts off with And a then funny it gets bit. horrible. <laughs> but here's the other part, which you might kind of go, hmm? Like, all of the people that live there are, you know, uh, Coco, happy to see you. Oh, chug, chug, go by, and yeah, such things. Yeah. And yet, then we have the monkey. What yeah. a funny little animal. I simply must show this to my pals. So you're telling me the chimp is more articulate than the people. Uh-huh. That's, mm, boy. Mm. But you have to remember. You really have to cut so much slack. You better the, take out a spare pair of scissors thing. This is the for thing. that. This is the thing. Okay, tell me the thing. This is the thing. Tell me the thing. Coco is speaking... English is a second language. Sure, he's speaking monkey, monkey as a first language. Monkey speaking is monkey monkey language. We're seeing a translation of monkey language. Okay. So that's that's it's unfair to 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 condemn him for that. Okay, so hey hey, they're the monkeys. People yeah. say he's monkeying around. Yeah. Well, so it's time to rescue uh, Snowy. Well, what? So, yeah, here's okay. Go yeah. ahead. Please. It just seems odd that uh, it just seems odd. It seems convenient that he cannot rescue Snowy in some other way. Oh you know? yeah, we've seen him. Rescue Snowy in all kinds of ways in, in Soviet in Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. 
Now here he's the only only one way to do it. Yeah, There's and only that's to, one find, way. to find another monkey. Yeah. Murder that monkey. Murder that monkey. Skin it. Skin it. Wear his skin. Wear first, his freshly skinned yeah. skin. Firstly, you've got to find a monkey that's part of this monkey's group. Yes. So it's family to this monkey. What I like is says, well, he says family in, in the French version. Yeah. He says, uh, I have to find a member of the family. Yeah. And then he kills it. Cuts off its skin. Yeah. In a very careful way because he's able to wear this skin without it falling off again. Right. And so he's wearing this blood-soaked skin. Right. Over himself, goes to an animal that mm-hmm. I assume has sm- sense of smell. Right. Not only a sense of smell, it can smell its own kind. Right, but also... But also it can smell blood. Yeah, here's a flaw in his... Okay, that's not the biggest flaw. Like, I, I get yes. that... Now you're going deep here's with this, right? Here's the flaw in his ointment. No, here's the bigger flaw, mm-hmm. is I'm going to dress like a monkey. <laughs> I'm skinning a monkey, I'm dressed yeah. like a monkey. Yeah. But I'm going to wear my hat. <laughs> Well, so here comes my because I got to wear my yeah. you know pith helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna show. If we've we've all seen Laurel and Hardy movies, yeah. So we know how important the hat was at that time. Right. The hat you could not be seen without a hat. It didn't right. matter what was happening to you. You could be falling off a ladder, and you would save your hat before you would save yourself. Okay. So let's keep going. Uh, so uh, yeah, he negotiates with the monkey and then like betrays the monkey and then he takes Snowy yeah. and he doesn't give the monkey. That's this the weird stuff. karate kick as well. Yeah, right in the chin. Right in the chin. And the but monkey's the, just like, huh? Yeah. Here's the thing. If that's a chimp, uh, Tintin's dead because a chimp would beat up Tintin. I don't care how strong Tintin is. I think this is back in the day where you thought monkeys weren't very strong. Yeah. Yeah. A, ch- a chimp would just go, well, that's funny. Let me tear your face off, and we're done. And that's the end of that. Clearly. But again, he thinks he's uh, another monkey. Oh, boy. So, yep. But uh, actually, it's not a monkey because it doesn't have a tail. So it's an ape. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, it's also an ape that's exactly Tencent's size. Yeah. That was a fortunate... That's why it had to be that family. It was a small small people. They had, you know... Absolutely. It's a short family. Okay. So, moving on. So, moving uh, on. His car, his, uh, car is now strangely less stuff on it but i guess they left that at the campsite sure let's go with that his film camera and stuff is there now we're going to continue uh tintin's I, adventures I lo- with I trains this, i love this one little scene here though okay tell me about it tell me what you like about it well okay i like about it because I, I what i like about this is it's such a great uh change from everything that happened in the in the in the land of the soviets so we have tintin driving along and he attempts to get his old jalopy over this train track mm-hmm. and then it kind of gets it bottoms out on this on the bed of the, the track and then it can't the wheels are just spinning so he's stuck. He's trapped on the track. Uh-oh, a train's coming. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? I mean, it's not really a worry because we've seen him get hit by a train. And survive. And survive. So Wait, we've seen him be hit by a train. We've seen him be in a train with a bomb and blow up and yeah, survive. Yeah. Trains cannot kill we, Tintin. We're fine with that. So, But it's still, it's going to destroy his car. Right. Because we saw that happen in the, in the land of the Soviets. So the train comes along. It hits the car. <laughs> falls off the track. The train just falls over yeah. as if dead. Yeah. I just love that. Do you know why? These dumb people don't know how to build a train. <laughs> well, it's not that they don't know how to build a train. It's the train is so old. Yeah. Because they have a bunch of old stuff yeah. that we don't need anymore. Sure. That's why they have an old jalopy for a car. Right. And not a new car. And that's why they have this old train. Yeah. But the jalopy is a Everyth- much stronger uh, metal than the train, apparently. Everything after this is horrible. In, in the, the story? In the sequence. Oh, in the sequence. Okay, yeah. well, let's go with that. Because so, it's just the most degrading, demeaning yep. uh, treatment of, of humans even this book tones it down a little bit, but it still has like him dog shaming them, like you know, look, even the dog is working and you're not. I mean, Snowy, 
is not really working. No. I mean, I could go and push against a wall downstairs against the side of the building and pretend I'm working. Right. That's not working. That's pretending you're doing something. There's no way that Snowy by himself is going to operate a train. Yeah. So, and then he's, so he's yelling at them, calling them lazy and, and he's, but he's just, they're doing all the work. He's just well, standing Dave, there watching the them. The only way I could find that offensive is to say, you know, they took him then to his, to their village. Yeah. And then they treated him like a hero and like, I don't know, carried him around. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of that. Maybe t- uh, took him to the king and the king, uh, used to give praise him. That doesn't, uh, oh wait. That happens. That all happens, yeah. Because yeah, he, he towed the train. Yeah, because so. he's a great white man and stuff. Okay, let's just yeah. get to the lion scene. So there's a lion, and uh, Tintin's going out hunting with the lion. Uh, they startle each other. Uh, lion attacks Tintin. Fair enough. Yeah. You know what? This is fair. Lion is just minding the lion's business. Yeah. This guy wants to shoot him, attacks him. Uh, and But good on Snowy, who is not a coward in this, uh, attacking the lion and grabbing his tail. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so much so that he rips the lion's tail off, and you might think, "Oh, you're doing it in a cartoony, fun way." Nope, it is dripping blood. <laughs> it is, it is gory. It is dripping blood. Yeah, it's not in, not in this version. And in this no, version, no, because in your version, you're in color, so you could have, you'd yeah. have to like do it all red. Well, there's no, there's no restrictions on that at that time. There no, I understand that, but it would make a much gorier image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than if it's the black blood that yeah. I have here. But what's interesting in this one is that it has has Snowy hitting a tree, and then the tail coming loose, and yep. Snowy's. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I got that, that here, too. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was yep, the case. that's here. And you didn't th- mention it. And then, um, no, I didn't mention that. I just mentioned the bloody tail. But you think, like, well, that's kind of funny. The lion's missing his tail. Yeah. I guess he's all right. Oh, no, he's crying in agony. Okay, that's weird. And so, you know, he's really... And and, uh, and now we're kind of blaming the lion because he's all yeah, angry he's and all he's mad. attacking people. Yeah. You just, you just came out of nowhere. You just tore his tail off. Yeah. Yeah. And then the lion gets dog-shamed. Again. Shame yeah. on you. Yep. Yeah, there you I've go. I've got your tail. Okay, so... I'll take well, the rest of it. So, listen, folks. Listen, here's what happens next. Um, they meet a witch doctor. If you mm-hmm. haven't read the book, what do you think the witch doctor looks like? Picture a witch doctor in the in the 30s. You picturing it? That's what it is. Uh, is he a good guy? Do you think he's a good guy? He's a witch doctor in the 30s. He's the bad guy. He doesn't like Tintin. He wants to frame Tintin. Things are bad for Tintin. Okay. So, he frames Tintin... Says Tintin has taken a a, a, a well. He doesn't. It's not just that he does it. He does it at the. He conspires with the villain who suddenly appeared out of nowhere in order to keep this little right. strange tenuous thread of a plot going. I would bet though, if you watched any serials of the time, you would not be able to find a witch doctor that's a good guy. No, witch doctor is basically bad. Yeah. Okay. So that that continues. He wears that. a pot on his head. Yeah, he does. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's got Tintin. He's going to kill Tintin, uh, but makes the mistake that all villains make, tying yeah. him up. I'm going to wait a while for this. He's going to wait till morning. Yeah. And, of course, uh, you know, well, good for, you know, by the way, Coco shows up and uh, saves him. Good for Coco. Well, there is a reason why he has to tie him up and wait till the morning, because he wants to tie him up and wait till the morning, because he wants the the, the other natives in the, the village yeah. to, to, to murder, to kill him, to, you know, to execute him for his crime against the the uh, idol yeah that's one way you could do it or you could just throw a snake at him or something yeah, yeah. but fair enough i get that there's a pl- i get that there's a reason yeah there's... and the reasons for tying tintin up become lesser make less sense as the story goes on mm-hmm. this is the this is the most sense it makes to tie tintin up and wait for him yeah. to you yeah. know be killed uh we will get to more reasons in the future so so here's what, what tintin does to prove yeah. uh, that the guy is a bad guy once again, it's very strange because he records him 
on a Victrola. We get the Victrola <laughs> returns again. I think it's the same one that he found in Soviet Union. He just brought it back with him. Yeah. And then he, he films them talk, he films them, their actions. But what's weird is that when he plays it back, he doesn't play them together in unison. He plays the, the talking part. Yeah. And then he invites them into a tent or into a hut, I guess it would be to, uh, no, it's a, no, it's a hut. And then yeah. they watch, uh, the witch doctor and the villain drinking it up and, and apparently, <laughs> Doing obscene gestures with the with the idol, right? Uh, for no particular reason. By the way, reason. how is he plugging in this projector? How is he plugging in the projector? Yeah, has he got batteries? I guess it might I have batteries. Know. It's possible. It's, maybe but it's also these hand powered, these hand cranked primitive people. Yeah, seem to be okay with movies. No, no. The real question is, how did he develop the film? <laughs> <laughs> Where's his? There's equipment? a lot of problems. Where's the dark room for developing motion picture? Yeah, this is the in this would be the equivalent in every movie of. You know, the guy thinking, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to tell you I'm going to do it, and I'm going to listen to this. And then the guy like pulls out a little recording device and goes, mm-hmm. but he's doing it in the 30s yeah. with, as you say, a Victrola and a movie camera. <laughs> a and silent, the, well, a silent film silent camera. Silent film camera. But you still have to develop the film. It like, you almost want to have, like, the breaks in between where it's like the words come up, I'm going to betray everyone. <laughs> We're going to kill Tintin and frame him. But then and so on. The, the sequence after that, okay, so now the, the natives are mad. The natives are restless. They're sort of throwing their spears after these two characters, the witch doctor yeah. and this, the villain. And then we have, we have Snowy, as per usual, biting off bits of clothing of, that people yeah. have. But Snowy is in the middle of this hail of, of spears, or assegais, I guess yeah. it'd be, that are raining down on him. And, uh, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Well, he's immortal. I guess because they don't miss, they miss the other two as well. I mean, they're in this. They're not good shots. Let's no, admit apparently. This well, much. they're inside a, they're inside a hut throwing them out. So they can't even see what they're throwing That's at. That's a good so. point. And they've just looked at a movie screen. So their eyes are all like <laughs> looking at that yeah. bright and they walk out. Yeah. It's like when you've they watched. spots in front of their eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. They can't see. Sure. And then, uh, at Tintin, we got to prove that Tintin, of course, is the brilliant white man. Mm. So, uh, so two, two of the folks are fighting over a hat. And good yes. old King Solomon yes. makes the choice. Mm. If King Solomon actually split the baby yeah, in two the and handed just, them each half a baby, like this would King be the Solomon. same story. Yeah, he wants that. Yeah. So he just breaks the hat in half, makes a useless hat that neither of them really can wear, but they're both happy because they're dumb. <laughs> ha ha. Okay, moving on to the sick person that shows up. Oh, but Tintin, being smart white man, yeah. has uh, medicine. Has some quin- quinine to give him. Yeah. I guess we're going to assume it's malaria. And is a bit cocky about it. I'm just like, hey, dude. Yeah. If you don't have the medicine, this is dangerous. They're not overreacting. Yeah. They're, he was going to die. Yeah, he has a fever. Like, it's good that you did this, but don't be like, what an idiot. He's hot-blooded. Yeah. Check him and see. He's got a fever. <laughs> uh, the hundred and so-and-so. <laughs> okay. So now it comes to another frame job. Yeah. Uh, but what I like is he gives the guy the medicine, and immediately he's up and ready to go hunting. He puts on his bowler hat, as one does when one goes to one's job, yeah. and heads off into the woods hunting with a bow and arrow. This this, this uh, book does have a theme that hats are very important. Well, they were more important in that Even time. Even if you've now. skinned a monkey, uh, you better put on your hat. I would not have done well in those days. Okay, so now the deal is. It looks like there's going to be a warring tribe, and they're framing... Well, now the witch doctor and, yeah. and is on the outs. Right. He's betrayed his... He's his, with the evil white guy. He's been unvillaged. So, right. yeah, now he's kind of he's kind of a free agent. We still don't know why this white guy is evil. No. We don't know what his deal. He's just well, he's evil. he's not shaven very well, so that's a general sign. And he tried to kill a dog earlier, so he's that's bad. True. He's a jerk. Yeah, let's go with that. So then they decide that they're going to, uh, they're going to kind of cause a, a battle between these two separate villages, these two separate tribes. Yep. So they shoot an arrow into this tribe. It's full of insults against... 
the uh, the king of this other tribe. Right. This is basically like sending a tweet nowadays. Yeah. You'd be like, uh, "Hey, look at you. Uh, hashtag you're a jerk. Yeah. Uh, hashtag you can't. You don't dare fight us. Ha ha. Yeah. Now the king reacting to this has been uh, one of the things has been pointed at as being uh, racist by racist drawing of because he's jumping up and down. He's hopping up and down. And people say, well, it's, then it's like an ape. He's hopping up and down like an ape. Mm-hmm. But really, he's hopping up and down like a cartoon character hops up and down when they're angry. I'll and give you, you can th- see the same hopping up and down that Rastapopoulos does in the in the Cigars of the Pharaoh mm-hmm. when he's angry at, at Tintin. Like, it's just a general hopping up and down. Well, I'm going to, I'm you know, if you're considering, if they're considering that racist, let me just say this. Uh, that's not the racist bit. The yeah. racist bit is when you're saying it compares him to an ape. No, the ape is a proper gentleman. Did you miss the ape earlier? He's talking well. He's well, strutting. He speaks ape, he, though. Yeah, he's strutting. He's negotiating with Tintin about, you know, I would like yeah. this for that. I would like this this object for this object. Let's discuss this like like proper gentleman. Yeah. That's the racist bit, is that the, <laughs> the ape is more than this guy. So <laughs> stop it. Uh, so, uh, so Tintin is now getting sh- shot at by arrows. In yes. this, and every arrow is hitting a tree. Not one is hitting Tintin. It's amazing. How is this possible, David? What happened? Uh, fiction. Fiction, and he said that he uh, put a magnet. Uh, he has an electromagnet. Once again, <sighs> he he has an electromagnet and a battery in mind. So it does try to explain where the energy comes from. This is power. again. I got to refer back to James Bond. This is like something where Q would have given him. Now listen, Bond. We have this electromagnet, and I'm going to give this to you at the beginning of your thing. And then, yeah. of course, he will need that thing later on, yeah. and he puts it behind the tree. It's magic. Yeah. There's mm. no explanation of why Tintin is carrying around a very powerful electromagnetic device. Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's actually causing weapons in a particular trajectory to change their tra- trajectory and go into a tree yeah. beside him. That's how powerful it is. Oy. Like his, his, all his buttons on his clothes should be on, on oh, this electromagnet. Yeah. Absolutely. Like his zipper should be gone. Yep. His belt buckle. He should be stuck to the tree himself. He should be. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I know. I agree with you. Okay, so now uh, Witch Doctor's trying a different a different method. He's dressing like a leopard. Yeah. Uh, he's well. It's oh, there's a lot of dialogue, not dialogue, but there's a lot of uh, an exposition dump here about a secret society called the Anno Anna, the Anna, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. and they kill white men and all blah blah. Apparent, anyway, apparently look. taken from a, a book about some people called the Leopard Men. That sure. was an actual book. That Fair enough. Dresses up for, like a leopard. Is research gonna go try and kill Tintin? Uh, big and it's a lot of setup. For yeah. here's what it's going to be. Yeah. Next page tries to kill him. Snake attacks him. Done. <laughs> you know that was too much talk for. Okay. Here's the thing though. Next page he's yeah. about to attack Tintin. Yeah. When it ran as a serial, that's where it ended. Yeah. So you had to wait a week to find out what was going to happen, and then you were disappointed. Yeah, because he's like, I'm going to attack you, and then Tintin doesn't survive because of his own skills. Tintin yeah. survives because, or a crazy device. Yeah. Like Tintin brought some nitroglycerin with him and uh, set a trap. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but a snake just attacks the guy because the did, guy who's he, lived in the jungle all his life has no idea how a jungle works yeah. and a snake attacks yeah. him. What he didn't know is that Tintin had dug a 50 foot hole behind himself. Yeah. And so uh, Tintin saves him, shooting, uh, shooting the snake in the face. And now the cowardly man is kind of on Tintin's side a little bit. And yeah. he's won him over. And yeah. that's great. But uh, evil white guy is in the tree, uh, knocks Tintin out. Odd that Tintin has not been knocked out yet. Tintin will get knocked out a lot more in the future. Yeah. In future stories. And well, in the future of this story. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, well, it's, uh, it looks like he, he should kill him now. He's knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Natural thing to do is just shoot him in the head, and you're done. But what happens? I gotta log on to this again, so you carry so, on. So, uh, 
yeah, so what he does is an elaborate plan. He he uh, has he basically has Tintin hogtied, and then he puts a rope over a tree and he suspends Tintin over a river, mm-hmm. so that when the tide rises, I guess this is a tidal basin, so yeah. we're on the coast, and so when the tide rises, the crocodiles will be closer to Tintin and they can begin to consume him. Now, what is the advantage to this? I think he is making Tintin suffer. So it's not just killing him, that's the end of it. That's yeah. too easy for Tintin. Right. I'm so mad at you that I'm going to make... You buried me in coconuts. Right. I'm now going to suspend you over crocodiles. Tit for tat, as they say. Okay. And you will feel the, my wrath and you will be, you know, feeling... You'll be regretting your decision to have... <laughs> throw a coconut at me forever. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, it does not ma- seem to make a lot of sense. Just throw no. him to the crocodiles, you fool. Or, here's another thing, leave him on the shore. And the crocodiles will come up and eat him. Uh, you could also do that. Yep. No need for this, uh, but you do. And uh, but then, luckily, uh, once again, not by Tintin saving himself in any way. Yeah. Uh, a, pr- a missionary uh, comes along and shoots all the crocodiles dead. Seems like they could ris- rescue Tintin in a different way, but that's fair. He shoots all the yeah. cro- crocodiles dead. Now, is this missionary supposed to basically be the uh, priest the month that you're talking about? That is Tintin's no, mentor. No, I don't think so. But he I... didn't look like this guy. No, no. I don't no. know. I just was suspecting that. It didn't. No, the, the that guy was. He was a. Uh, over six feet tall and weighed 250 pounds. He was a big, big man. Okay. So uh, we are now, uh, you know, they save Tintin. Yes. Uh, Snowy goes back to, they goes back to see Snowy, who's tied up. And uh, remember when we had a snake earlier? Well, there's another snake. Yeah. Seems a bit too early to go back to yeah. the snake thing. Two pages later. And the snake completely eats Snowy. Mm-hmm. Snowy's dead, basically, right? Snowy's been eaten. You don't survive that. You're crushed. Uh, but no, Snowy digs his little claws through the snake and now gives the snake legs. It was just a cute gag, yeah. if not incredibly gruesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're a little kid how you'd take it. I, mean, I think those sort of gags, because they're pretty bloodless. Yeah. They're, I think Hergé meant them more in, in fun than in seriousness. Right. So he tears open the snake's stomach, pulls out the dog, and then uh, feeds the snake his own tail. <laughs> Yeah, and then Snowy actually makes a makes a fairly good joke. I'd say the most James Bondy joke of the entire book, which is which is I never knew that boa was so full of itself. <laughs> that is a real James Bond joke. That's good. Yeah, not not in this book. Oh, too bad. Opportunity missed. All right, now we're gonna go to the uh, the see see the mission. And yes, uh, so we go with the the father mm-hmm. that he meets. Uh, so this would be you know talking about the role of the the church in. The Congo, the fact that it had these uh, farms with farm buildings, with a school and a, and, a, and a church, where the kids, where the children could be educated and learn to read English and learn to speak English, and the church, of course, where they could learn to become Roman Catholics and feel guilty. <laughs> and so they, uh, you know, what's but so in the story, uh, the the other, I guess, another father who's supposed to take over teaching the school in the school class, the classroom, has. Is not is gone or is not feeling well or whatever, and so now Tintin is asked, "You can step, you can step in, right, Tintin, and teach these teach these kids." So Tintin's like, "Yeah, for sure." So in your version, yeah, the pre the pre forties version, the nineteen thirty one version, teach him about uh, Belgium. He, he starts talking about Belgium, your country, Belgium. He says, yeah. "I can talk about your country, Belgium." And in, Snowy scolds them for chattering in the back. <laughs> uh, he does in this one too, but this one Tintin teaches them an arithmetic a, a math class. So he teaches them is two plus two on the board. Okay. So, and then, of course, they get interrupted because a uh, leopard. Is it a leopard or a cheetah? Yeah, it's a leopard. A leopard, a leopard, yeah, leopard, leopard comes spots, in. Yes. Now, how you defeat a leopard, of course, 
is uh, leopards are always hungry. I don't think that's true. Uh, and so he threw a sponge at it. It swallows the sponge. Then it pours some water on the ground, drinks the water, because I guess they're always thirsty. Yeah. Well, now the sponge is full up, and now he's got a tummy ache. That's how you defeat a leopard. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's pretty easy. What are you going to do? Because they're always hungry. Yep. Now, this was, this was a change that Hergé made in the 1946 from the 31. Right. In the 31, the uh, character of, uh, is it Jimmy McDuff or something like that? Or, yeah, Jimmy McDuff comes storming in because this... Uh, this uh, leopard that Tintin has tormented with a sponge is uh, a tame leopard, we hear. Now, in the 1931 version, the character's black. Yep. And Jumping around. Jumping around. Shaking a fist. And we get the same thing. Yep. He's jumping do. around, shaking a fist, only it's a white guy. He just changed the character and made him a a, a, a European, uh, someone who is looking, is filling, I guess, European zoos with animals. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not too sure why he changed it. I guess maybe just to vary some of the characters a little bit so it's not all well here's here's black the only, characters jumping around here's the problem with this though is like you've now taken one of the only smart characters who isn't a white guy yeah and you've made him a white guy because this guy's smart enough to tame a leopard yeah you know everyone yeah. else is just being dragged along and like doing but i guess and it's, learning it's another case where tintin is is rude and 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 condescending to to a black person, right? Before he starts trying to teach his lesson about Belgium for the third time, for the third time. at least in mine, and then yours, yeah, he's it's trying a to math teach. Cl- it's a math class. So yeah. in yours, sorry, what what math thing is he teaching them? Two two plus two or two times two? Yeah, two plus two. Two plus two. They're on that. Yes. How long has this school been going on? And they're on two plus two, and it's the only thing written on the board. Well, the only thing today is we're going to try and learn what two plus two that is. That doesn't really speak to the kids. That speaks to Tintin and his understanding of math. Right. And am I wrong that these kids knew Tintin because they read the paper? Yeah. But they never got around to learning that two plus two math well, I, thing. I, we don't know about this. Because, well, no, they do because they come in the class and they're all excited that it's Tintin. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so they're very good. Yeah. At, they're very good at reading, but uh, math is brand new, and Tintin's going to show them. Once again, we're we're, we're told that it's Tintin, the reporter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know what? G- good on them for trying to trying to fix something. The I weird. Suppose. The weird thing in in this book, the the p- patois, the black patois. They say instead of saying il, mm-hmm. they say li. So so il would be he. Okay. I l. But they reverse it to li. So I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to say if it's a tr- if it's a true to life rendering of a particular the dialect or if it's just. Yeah, a stereotype that they're playing, for, they're playing uh, for, for laughs. Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like reading Paddington and the Cockney characters, you know, their dialect is Phonetic. carefully, yeah, caref- phonetically spelt out. And it's not necessarily done in an insulting way. It's just done to give you a sense of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Maybe someone out there does. And maybe you could let us know. Please. All right. So we're moving on from there to, uh, once again, uh, More Adventures of Tintin, the worst hunter there's ever been. <laughs> Uh, now, Tintin's going up against an elephant yeah. uh, with a gun that is not appropriate for an elephant. No, it's not an elephant gun. No, not at all. There's a name for that gun. So you think he would know. I know. I'm not a hunter. Yeah. I know there's a special gun for elephants. Now, here's the one thing. It's like, maybe if he talked to any of these people he's been condescending there's to. There's also a special gun for BBs. That's true. If you want to yeah. shoot some BBs. Yeah. Um, they, if he maybe talked to any of these people who he's been condescending to yeah. through this whole adventure, yeah. he could have gone, I'm going to hunt these various animals. <laughs> yeah. 
let me know if these weapons I've got are mm-hmm. completely inappropriate yeah. and will say a bullet will bounce off a crocodile. Or if I shoot an elephant in the face from, say, three feet away, I'll just make him angry. Let me know that. Let me know that. But no, uh, because this guy who they keep going, brilliant, smart, white man. Yeah. Uh, once he gets into the jungle, he is the biggest dummy there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he tries shooting the elephant in the face, the, and he's only wounded. There's an interesting change in 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 the color from color to black and white, in that in the black and white, a lot of the action of the elephant is off camera, so to speak. It's out oh, of frame. Okay. Whereas in the color one, well, you see the elephant rampaging through the forest, and he's a bit but more realistic looking. That's one thing, and but also he. Like when Tintin climbs a tree to get away from him, you see him actually using his trunk to tear the the tree up out right. of the ground. In the in that book, it's just suggested it's by off the panel. Tre- yeah by the tree movement. Uh, it's kind of, it kind of cheaps out on that probably because it seemed too complicated. And then you see, uh, it's funny when I look at him, he almost looks like an ancestor of Babar to me. <laughs> Could be, yeah. So I don't remember now. In the black and white one, does he use a magnifying glass to cook yes, the head he of the does. elephant? That's that's it's yes, good. He does. It's good that he was carrying a magnifying glass. It was a common hunting uh, attire. Is <laughs> yeah. to have a have a microscope so he or fr- a magnifying glass. So he, he burns the top of the elephant's head. Now this mm-hmm. is an elephant that's just been shot in the face by this guy. Yeah, uh, elephant runs off, uh, and uh, brave Tintin tries to shoot him in the back as he runs away. <laughs> yeah, he shoots him in the back. <laughs> yeah, with a familiar pan in oh, the French. I've got French bang in mind because I'm English. Yeah, and he tries uh, as you as you do in hunting, trying to uh, chase him down. Yeah, uh, saying he's certainly wounded. Uh, there's blood uh, besides his tracks. Yeah, or uh, plenty of proof. And then the and then Snowy says, "Real cowards, these little beasties." Yeah, what a coward! <laughs> He's running away from someone shooting who at just him. shot him in the face <laughs> um, for no reason. Yeah, real cowards, Snowy. Yeah, well played. I also like that the elephant is running like a dog. <laughs> yeah, that is true. In mine, he's running like a dog. I don't right. remember yours. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty dogged. That's true. And then Tintin apparently is one of those people who can fall asleep at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. as he goes from talking quite a bit to snoring, and. Uh, and that's when the monkey finds the gun. And the, there's another lovely thing about uh, French uh, comic books is that the sound for snore isn't as isn't a series of Zs. Mm-hmm. It is Ron, R R R O N. Okay, it's kind of uh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It kind of works. Now uh, we've established earlier on that the monkey see, monkey do. So if you throw a coconut, yeah. a monkey will throw a coconut. Throw a coconut. Luckily, luckily, none of the monkeys saw Tintin murder another monkey, skin it, and then wear its skin as a costume. Otherwise, uh, Tintin, um, one of the monkeys would be wearing a Tintin suit right now. Uh, but they, but they have seen the gun. Yes. And so, uh, monkey aims the gun at the elephant yep. and uh, kills it. <laughs> Shooting the same place that Tintin did. I guess that might work. Like that might have just like weakened yeah, a spot. Yeah, weakened a spot. And then a kablam yeah. and the noodle. It's like trying to open a jar of peanut butter and then you give up and the other person comes along and opens them. And now, if you're a kid and you're reading this back in the day mm-hmm. and you see a monkey shoot a elephant dead. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Is that hilarious? Is it exciting? Well, is it because to me it's just that's that's one of those questions you'd ask in Blade Runner to see if you're a robot or not. <laughs> just like a monkey shoots an elephant with a gun, how mm-hmm. do you feel? I I really don't know. I don't know how what it's my hard emotions to say. Are. I don't know because like I didn't I did not read this book as a kid, and so you know my response to it was was uh, repulsion. <laughs> yeah, at the the uh, number of uh, piled up corpses of animals. So t- so Tintin particularly fi- since he takes the tusks. Yeah. And it takes the ivory, which at the time, of course, was a major major of export out of out of Congo for, you know. So there must have, there's probably pictures of you know hundreds of elephants 
you know, dead on the ground with all their tusks removed. Yeah. This is waste, waste of animals. Now, I got to say, if the elephant's already dead, yeah. you don't want to waste the tusks. I'm with you on that. I guess okay. you take the tusk with you. Sure. But I like, uh, I like how Snowy there is uh, bragging. He, he also could have skinned it and made a tent. <laughs> he could have. Or just worn it and worn been it. another costume. <laughs> yeah. And just fooled some elephants. Uh, so he, uh, so, but Snowy is bragging. Uh, wait till I tell everyone how I killed an elephant. First of all, you didn't shoot nothing. Yeah. Secondly, shut up, Snowy. Like that's one of the most unpleasant Snowy lines there's ever been. You know, taking taking credit for this horrible thing that you didn't do. Boo, Snowy. I don't feel sorry for you for all your infections earlier, for getting uh, uh, electrocuted. Yeah. You know what? You had it all coming. Yeah. You're not a very nice dog right now. In the color version, the time, the passage time is basically shown through the fact that the the when we see the stowaway who becomes sort of the 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 villain. Yeah. Uh, he's got like a bit of a five o'clock shadow. By this point in the story, he's got a full beard. Oh, so we know that time is now the nineteen, or it's now the it's now the two thousands, and he's a hipster. <laughs> okay, so we know that that time of time has passed. Mm, I don't think that much time has passed, but very nice. So now the uh, now we got our villain uh, disguising himself, mm. uh, wearing a pith helmet. Snowy as a missionary. Yeah. Yep, Snowy kind of sort of spots it a little bit. Yeah, uh, Snowy, a dog with not a sense of smell. Does not recognize people from that, but that's okay. We're using cartoon logic. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the gun off of Tintin, but oh, he's 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 tricked Tintin, and uh, but Tintin tricks him back because yeah. everyone's dumb and socks him in the face, knocking him unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Only seconds later, he wakes up and then he knocks. Tintin it's a battle of the dummies. Like it's just. <laughs> Hey, look over there. What's that? Pow. Oh, geez. Well, you got me. Hey, did you see what's behind you? Mm -hmm. No. What? Boom. Okay. Listen, settle down, everybody. Why don't you look over there? Huh? Clonk on the head. Okay. Yeah. It's all, it's all plot moving. It is. Well, it's not, there's no, there's no story. Mm -hmm. It's just, I shouldn't say plot moving. It's all just event, you know, action happening because there's no story per se. There's no, there's no climactic buildup to something. Right. I mean, really, the reveal of the of the villains, which we'll get to, is a major. Who cares? When you <laughs> really get to that, is. you don't care. It really is. You might as well have someone go. You know, it was Satan himself behind this. You know, it could. It's so yeah. huge. You might as well just go. It's aliens. You know, by the time they get to it, uh, well, I would. Say, I would say the opposite of that. I feel like when they get to it, it might as well be a broom sitting in a chair. For all that matters, who these guys are gathered on a table. You, you don't know who they are. Well, let's, you've never seen them doing anything. That's true. They're just there. And now they're captured. All right. I don't want to reveal who the big reveal is okay. by the end. I'm not. So, I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not so we've tied Tintin up Once again, in a boat. Yeah. We've done a nice... Uh, if you were watching a movie serial and this was the cliffhanger, it's a pretty good cliffhanger. Guy tied up in a boat. He's uh, following instructions. Right. By the way, Tintin, I know you travel with a magnifying glass. Yes. I know you travel with an electromagnet. Yes. I know you travel with many things that would be very useful to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, a pocket knife would be useful because you get tied up a lot. Yeah. This is all I'm, I'm saying. Anything that you, you could put like in, in a watch strap or something so that you could saw through because at some point you know you're going to be tied up. Anyway, he's going over a waterfall. Uh, but fate itself rescues him as he gets snagged on a branch. Good for him. He has, he has well, that will continue through all the Tintin books that he is very lucky. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't be with us. Well, he get now. I again, I have not read the later Tintin books. Does Tintin get smarter? Yes. Does he survive because of smarts or or, or luck for the most part? Combination of both. Okay. Just like all of us. You know what? And once again, we've mentioned James Bond a couple of times. That guy just gets by on dumb luck half of the time. Yeah. You know, so that's fair. Uh, so we get a big rescue uh, of uh, of Tintin. And I have to say that uh, this, as drawn in the in the original nineteen thirty one, it's actually drawn quite well. Yep. Uh, and it's, you know, 
obviously the the later one has his familiar has has Hergé's familiar style, which the original wasn't drawn in. But it's still a, it's still a quite a well composed sequence. There's like a lot of clumsy, uh, like a lot of clumsy, you know, movement from panel to panel. There's not is he's not quite there yet. He doesn't have that instinct. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that uh, sort of comics. I don't recall him like a comic, whatever. This guy named Frank Santoro, and he does these kind of golden mean uh, things where he'll divide up a comics page into various geometrical patterns. Okay. And show how how balanced it is and how it moves and the side to side and things like that. And he did one with he did one with Tintin. I still have it at home actually, and it's interesting. I don't think he planned it. I think it was, by that point it was just instinctual because it was from the Calculus Affair, which is a fairly fairly later book, and so it was just instinctual for him to to put the you know the pages in a, or the panels together in a particular way, the way the composition worked to forward the story to keep a, have a lot of information in each panel. At that point, he's not quite there yet. You know, there's a lot. He's just not. Uh... Yeah, he's still pretty effective. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like it looks like a good storyboard for something. Yeah, but it doesn't. You know, look like the comics that we see later on. Like no, the comics no. you see, the one you've got in front of you looks like just a straight comic. It looks right. It looks yeah. completed. Yeah, this looks. Eh, it's kind of loosey goosey, but it's yeah. you know it, gets it the works. Job done. Yeah, it gets you there. It's good, and it's much better than in in the land of the Soviets in terms of. Yep. By that point, you know, he's on. You know, he's he's reaching his ten thousand hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, so uh, the rescue occurs. Uh, the missionary uh, saves the day. Snowy attacks our uh, stowaway, <laughs> our villain. Would-be villain. Yeah, good for Snowy. I'm back on Team Snowy right now. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Snowy's quite proud of himself. Good for him. You know, uh, he's uh, he's saying he fixed him. Uh, Tintin's going to go and do some stuff. Snowy says, oh, my courage is catching. Very brave dog. Very arrogant dog. Yeah. But he's, you know, yeah. there you go. What are you going to do? So, uh, so chasing after the guy, mm-hmm. uh, we're having a gunfight. Yes. Runs out of bullets. Well, lucky, lucky for Tintin. Yes. And so it's a uh, fight, 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 falling off a cliff. And again, Tintin survives a fall because of dumb luck. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how you survive in those sort of situations where there's nothing left for you but dumb luck. <laughs> Though, frankly, if you land there's on only a- two options, let me say, uh, I have a friend who used to live in, uh, well, grew up in South, uh, South Africa. Okay. And and he would wake up and uh, go, he had a cattle ranch, his family. Yeah. And they would go out and occasionally uh, they would they would see a cow bit in half because they had hippopotamus attacks because they were very uh, territorial. Yeah. And uh, there's he was terrified of hippopotamus because they're they're incredibly vicious. You see a hippopotamus and it doesn't like you. That's the end of you. Yeah. Like a shark. Ah, oh, maybe we'll survive this. Uh, crocodile. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Hippopotamus. So long, buddy. Sure. So landing on a hippopotamus oh. and bouncing off of him. They Tintin are, was very lucky. They are renowned for being hungry. <laughs> they are. That's so, true. But yeah, are I you guess, thinking of leopards? No, but that <laughs> was a fact we learned earlier. Um, <laughs> what I like about it is, is uh, well, in in that one, it says I'm landing on pl- rubber. It feels like a yeah. that, with this one, it's a silence. It's just more. He has a question mark over his head, and then the next panel, the the hippo has a question mark over his head. Yeah, wondering who just bounced off him. But come on, he's not made of rubber. He has a spine. Mm-hmm. He just landed on his spine. Yeah. So there's no soft spot. There's no soft landing spot on any person or animal. Okay. I don't know. I wonder if a hippo's butt would be fairly soft. Well, it has to have a pelvis. 
It does. It's true. And it's all going to be all the flesh and everything's going to be suspended from from this this bone. Oh man, I hate to have to do a logic puzzle here, but I'm thinking here's how I here's how if I had to okay. scientifically see how he survived this one. Okay. He's falling. Yes. He's landing on the hippopotamus. He now, jumped at the last minute. No, no, no. The hippopot he lands on the hippopotamus. Now the hippopotamus is swimming, right? Yeah. So the hippopotamus goes down a little bit. You're not getting the full impact of you know, he's not a solid thing. He would go down a little bit. Now the hippopotamus startled, bucks back up. That's what tosses Tintin onto the little ledge. I could see that happening, especially in a cartoony world. Meanwhile, let's watch the gruesome death of our villain. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you like Temple of Doom, this guy is dying in the exact same way the villain uh, from that is going to die. Uh, and that is torn apart by crocodiles. And uh, with a fair amount of blood, actually, in mine. Uh, you see a torn, it looks like a, I'm assuming it's an arm, uh, severed and being drawn away. And, and the crocodile has the happiest look on his face as he's eating the fellow's arm. Like that is a very pleased crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. That's not uh, the crocodile earlier who had the gun and, stuck in his and what mouth. Is, and what does Tintin say? He's looking at this happening. What does he say? Uh, the poor devil. Interesting. What does yours say? He says, uh, God rest his soul. Oh, okay. Basically, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So it seems like I was saying that he took out religious elements, but that's... When he added, when when he added in, but I, maybe that's a more common expression. And I think yours is a little well. It's because black and white, you can do more blood, I think, than you can, you know, with uh with that. You'd have to draw red yeah. in the water, and that'd be gruesome. Well, that's probably why he has that. God rest his soul. That just gives you the clue that his soul needs to rest. <laughs> right. Whereas we are watching alli- uh, crocodiles or alligators tear apart a guy in mine. Okay, so uh, Tintin goes up to look for Snowy. Uh, finds a, uh, thinks he finds a warrior, uh, boy, not a boy, it's a pygmy. And here's where we got a, a thing that, you know, culturally you might go, there you go, it's that. And, uh, all the pygmies are worshipping, uh, Snowy as a king. Yes. So there's that. And that's what we have. And then we turn the page from that. Unless you've got more <laughs> comments about them worshipping Snowy as a king. It's not the last time, by the way, anyone will be worshipping Snowy or well, bowing seemed, down to a uh, to an image of Snowy in this book. It seems odd that he's king. He's recognized as king. He's sitting on a throne that has a or a wooden chair that has right. a, a tablecloth on w- it, which looks like they've de- they must have deposed another king. Mm-hmm. The king was, it was so a, a duck. <laughs> well, you know what? You know his royal highness, Mister Quackers. He was he was a cruel but fair leader. <laughs> he's fair. Yeah. Yes. And then he, and then unfortunately, winter came and he flew away. That's right. <laughs> And to torture all his, uh, all his, uh, everyone quacked. That's right. Yeah. His subjects. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they all so, yelled, down with Mr. Quack. <laughs> and it was like ironic. So I just like the fact that he's, he's king, he's sitting in his throne, and then he just jumps off the chair. Yep. Gets a letter, and that's the end of it. It's never mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just gets a letter. They don't seem upset that their king's leaving. Yep. We just, we just, hey, we made you king. Where are you going? Now I'm, I'm wonder- leaving. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is one of those things like if we if we follow this to its logical conclusion yeah. in in a movie of this era. Yeah. The next step in this is, hey, welcome. You're our king. Let us feed you food. Mm. And now let me introduce you to this giant pot. Do you like it? <laughs> Why don't you get inside it? See how it is. Oh no, we're gonna eat you because that's what we do. Yeah. Now yeah. you're Snowy a la King. <laughs> so uh so Snowy finds a letter. Yes. And this is where uh, we get the big plot twist. Well, we finally understand why the the villain, the stowaway slash would be villain, was never never you know like just kind of shot Tintin in the head, right? And got over with because he was told to make it look like an accident. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, and so make it look like an accident. So 
tie him from a branch and have crocodiles eat him. That's going to look like an accident. Yeah. Yeah. What about the ropes around the corpse? <laughs> what about the ropes anything? around the corpse going over the falls? Yeah. What about any of that? That yeah. does not look like an accident. No. You've got him unconscious. Yeah. You could make any... Oh, okay. Well, it's logic. Anyway, uh, so uh, he's saying, yeah, make it look like an accident. Whether you succeed or not, rendezvous, uh, you know, on, on March 31st, under the lone palm tree at noon, and further instructions will be given to you. Signed, A.C. Yeah. Is this yours is signed A.C.? Yeah. Oh, he says here. Yeah. Oh, that, that one, yeah. But the C looks like a T. I was like, who's A.T.? Yeah, it's AT and T. But here, yeah, uh, they're tr- they're building a, a giant uh, phone system, and they don't want uh, Tintin to report on that. Here, it oh, is- and I like by the way, also it says secret on it. So hey, yeah. knock it off. Don't uh, show you. anybody this. Um, well, <laughs> it, it does follow up with Tintin saying three times, AC, AC, AC. So that might be the clue that it actually is AC. Oh, that he says it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here it doesn't show the bottom of the letter. It just has them asking who that could be. I wonder who it is. Right. So <clears throat> then he disguised himself. As this character, and I assume the guy would know who he was. Mm-hmm. So Tintin coming along with, I don't know what he's wearing, moss as a beard? <laughs> like, where did he get hair from? Did he go kill another monkey yes, or just he use the same skin? I think, well, yeah, you know what? Maybe the guy, the stowaway, yeah. left some skin behind. He just, like, <laughs> took it from the crocodile yeah. and just dressed himself up. I okay. wouldn't put it past this guy. No, not at this point. The, the tacky blood makes it stick to his skin better. Ugh. And so he Guys, we're sorry that this is getting gruesome in the humor. But, but it, is, it gets gruesome it, in the humor. It's gruesome. Okay. So then he goes, yeah, he's disguised. He meets up with this character at the lone palm tree. And uh in a kind of amusing sequence. I kinda like how he yeah. knock, he knocks him on. It's good. It's well done. Then uh he gets some uh gets some information out of him, ties him to a, ties him to the lone palm tree. Yeah. And gets some information. And then it takes him off. And this is an amazing thing, I think. Tell me. He takes him to the police. And the police do not arrest Tintin. <laughs> That's true. And later, ish- I do know this much, yeah. that anytime Tintin does go to the police, Tintin ends up in jail. There's something, something's up. Yeah. Because they're the only people, the, t- the police for some reason, are the only people that don't respect Tintin. Mm-hmm. Everyone else who knows Tintin goes, you're the great Tintin, welcome. Even pe- even kids, apparently, who can't, don't know 2 plus 2. 2 plus 2, yeah. They yeah. are big fans of That's Tintin. Right. So. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's actually a competent police force or... Whatever they are. Yeah. <clears throat> then they... Uh... By the way, can I just say another huge info dump when the guy starts talking? Like, so much so in mind that it yeah. just fills up the entire yeah. panel. Yeah, the same with too, yours? Yeah. yeah. That's that's a constant in, in Tintin. By the way, everybody, uh, here's your spoilers on who AC is. AC is Al Capone, Scarface, King of the Chicago Gangsters. So, listen, yeah. if you were to lay down, you know, money and just go, hey, why don't you bet who's the villain in this? And, uh, and Tintin yeah. in the Congo. In the Congo, yeah. In the Congo. Yeah. You know, and uh, just keep naming famous people as mm-hmm. long as you can. Yeah. Uh, you would not ever get to get Al Capone. It. No, you wouldn't. But there was a reason for it. And oh, what the, was that? And the reason was this, is that he did not want to, to have uh, the father tell him a different loca- different place than America for the next set of stories. Mm-hmm. So in this story, he planted the germ of him going to America to confront Al Capone. Right. So that's why he did that. Okay. So, yep, takes a, takes him in and then confronts everybody around he the table. He didn't want to have to draw a story, Tantan goes to Bruges. <laughs> I'd, I'd read that. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yep, uh, Tintin does the old uh, death. Uh, gentlemen, uh, that report is definitely premature. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yanking a little Tom Sawyer, uh, putting it in there. Good for him. Then they pan, pan, pan at him. Right. Like, And then everyone has a gun and yeah. they just shoot at him. Shoot this it. is just a terrible plan on Tintin's part. Well, what, what I... 
But like I say, what's ridiculous about this is that there really could just be a table with brooms sitting at it. Yeah. For all that you know who these characters are, there's absolutely no climax here. Well, I think the climax is the mention of Al Capone. Now we're just wrapping things up, right? Sure are, but we're only at page 53 of my book. <laughs> okay. There's nine more pages of wrap-up here. <laughs> okay. And there's a lot of panels, as I explained. Right. So uh, then we're, there we're going to the future. We're seeing... Um, you know, a lot of newspapers, uh, none of which are the one that Tintin writes for. <laughs> or or has the story by him in it. That's true. The story's about him. <laughs> like all of the papers that were courting him before and That's going, right. please write us an article. Yeah. Uh, not necessary at all. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. They and all t- have... Uh... And by the way, Tintin seems to be reading all of these newspapers, <laughs> a fan of all of them. Uh, yeah, and tearing them up in mine. Because <laughs> he does seem to tear them up at the end. Yeah. yeah. He reads it and then he tears it to pieces. Well, maybe they're How garbage. How dare they say that about me? Oh, not on mine. They, mine. Mis- they misspelled my name. Rip, oh. tear, tear. No, they didn't, didn't No, they? I just joking about it. This is kind of funny because if you look at, he's in a rocking chair and around the rocking chair is all this. Oh, yours is steamed. In mine, he's, he's content. He's angry reading your newspapers. In mine, he seems fine. Until he stands up or is he still fine? No, no, he's still this fine. One, he's, he's, yeah, Take he's a relaxed. look. Yeah, yeah oh, he no, seems he's very relaxed okay. and happy okay. and Snowy seems good. You know, he's just saying, hey, Snowy, we've had a week here uh, lounging around in luxury in this uh, palace. I've had enough. Uh, tomorrow we move on. And Snowy's, oh, so soon. He just likes the lap of luxury. Uh, off he goes. He's uh, being taken. Now, take, and then what carry. follows from this is the worst drawing in the 1931 Tintin in the Congo. Okay. Of him being carried in a, by, by uh, natives carrying some sort of a, I don't know what you call those things, but. They're carrying him. They're yeah. carrying him with balancing part of it on their heads. Yes. Which seems odd. Inefficient. Yeah. I have a very think. similar drawing here. But it's terrible. In that one. Like, compare the two. Like, this one isn't great. Yeah. But that one's terrible. Yeah, this it's is... Just, that's kind of like, he tried it, didn't work, but, you know, it was already three o'clock in the afternoon and he needed to get the, the pages done, so, ugh, oh well, let it slide. Yeah. Uh, they abandon him, uh, send Tintin landing on his uh, buttocks. We don't know why. Yeah, but good for them. I would have, uh, too. Good for them. Uh, and then, hey, it's a leopard again. Now, is this a tame leopard or what have you? You know, luckily, uh, Tintin has a seltzer bottle with him. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course you would. In You're being there's... carried by natives in a livery chair? I don't know what you call yeah, it. Yeah, you would have a fully stocked bar in yeah, this. Why would course. you not? Yeah. You know, uh, you jerk. Uh, oh, you know, so you got your uh, you got your soda bottle and you give a little squirt to the face. And then you, of course, you also have what practically is a full-length mirror. <laughs> you do. He tricks him by showing him a full-length mirror. Now, again, for those of you that aren't seeing this image, it's a very small thing that Tintin's being carried yeah. in. And now we're, it's basically become Snoopy's doghouse. Anything that you could pull out of this thing. That's right. Slash TARDIS. He finishes it by showing his Van Gogh to the... <laughs> That's right. The, le- uh, the leopard uh, is startled by seeing his own reflection mm-hmm. and... And runs away saying, what a horrible beast. Yeah. Good for him. Okay. Now, here's what, here's what to me occurs at this point. Like, we've wrapped up the story, right? Yeah, Like, we're done. done. You could end it right there and just go, well, that's the Congo for you. Yeah. We're done. We're done. <laughs> wah, wah. But Tintin now begins his murder spree. It's not a murder spree. Well, let's see, Dave. Okay. Come along with me on the murder spree. Let's watch the murder spree. All right. First thing is, Tintin finally, who, you he know. He gets his camera. He gets a camera. Yeah. Like, it's time like, to take some pictures for, for Le Petit Vendiem, so people can, the Petit Antiem. Right. All the stories about him have now been published. Yeah. 
over a week because a week has gone by yeah. since he's done all this stuff. That's right. Uh, and now it's time to really get that hot story. That's Let's right. take some uh, B-roll of what's <laughs> going on out here because no one's ever seen a giraffe. <laughs> so he's he's going to take a picture of a giraffe. Yeah. Uh, but, well, there's no way to film them. Oh, no, he's actually filming giraffes. Yeah, he's filming giraffes. All right. So he's trying to film them. Uh, no dice, not working, not happening. Uh, and he's yeah, they, like, keep, they see him and then they, they move away. Okay. They've seen him hunting. They know yeah. they know he's best to be avoided. Now here's now you you and I can discuss this and see see what he does next. Like he disguises himself as a giraffe yes. to get up close. Yeah. Either one of two things has happened. Yeah. In this in this either one yeah. Tintin has uh, from things he's found around the jungle mm-hmm. built a complete giraffe outfit. That's what's happened. He could have done that. Or yeah. two, uh, a la the monkey found a giraffe, yeah. skinned the giraffe, is now wearing the giraffe as a suit. No. He has done this before. He has He has done this before. I just want to draw your attention to the to the color version and I don't he wouldn't have cha- I don't think he would have changed it if that's what he intended. Okay. In the first place, and if you look at the face of the giraffe, yeah, that he's wearing, you can see that it's basically like a a a model or a So you think he just built one from scratch? I think he just built cuz you can see there's a patch on it as well. I know, I see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think he just built his own I'm hoping like, can I see yours for a second. Absolutely. I, wanna... I hope that you're correct. Yeah, see, this there one is a, isn't as clear, but I think he, I don't think he meant to to have that. All uh, right, now you now I like that Snowy is filling the back of it for him. Though. Right? Why would why? Okay, so so he's just decided to build it from scratch. Now, yeah, there's no reason he would build it from scratch because because Tintin has no respect for animals at all. Yeah, there's no reason he would do that. So I'm going to throw that out there and say possibly he did, possibly he didn't. Make up your own mind. Well, but that's for the same reason. I'll argue that you know if if Hergé was going to if he's like, oh, I just repeated this, or mm-hmm. you know, if he felt that way, he wouldn't have had the snake twice. He would have changed the leopard to a cheetah, maybe mm-hmm. just to add well, a little that's bit of. I think I think you're arguing my point that he likes repetition, and so it seems like we're back to this again. No, I mean, I, what I'm arguing though is that when he makes in this book, when he because he's more skilled as an artist, he's able to differentiate between uh, the saying. giraffes and this and this one that Tintin's wearing. Okay, he does. You know, if, if it really was intended that he skinned another giraffe and was wearing it, he would have done that Fair and shown enough. it. Okay. Well, let's move on to the rhino and the most horrible scene in the book. Yeah. Uh, oh, terrible. well, it's non-racist. The most non-racist horrible scene in the book. You yeah. can take... Uh, anyway. So, uh, you know... <laughs> in terms of animal cruelty, this takes the cake. Right. Uh, uh, and eats it. We see... And we then see vomits tint, it yeah. into your hat. We see Tintin... And carefully places the hat on your head. <laughs> Absolutely. We see Tintin spot a rhinoceros saying mm-hmm. it's a pretty fine rhinoceros. Yes. Uh, and uh, I goes, should take some pictures of it. No. No, we're going to bag this little guy. Yeah. Try shooting it. Because, again, Tintin is the worst hunter in the world, yeah. not realizing you can't kill a rhinoceros with the stupid... By the way, the gun he's got is yeah. terrible. It yes. doesn't shoot crocodiles. It doesn't shoot elephants. Get a new gun. Yes. In that in that week that you were taking off, talk to someone, because obviously you're planning on going on a hunt. Well, his good gun is huh. still in the mouth of a crocodile. That's true. So the 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 rhino who uh, is talking, you know, to himself, going, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like these mosquito bites." Uh-huh. You know, we shouldn't like it, when you see what's going to happen to this guy. I don't want to have him having an inner monologue of like, "Oh, fiddle dee dee, what a thing!" <laughs> yeah, I was walking, and oh, is this a mosquito? <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, it's not working. Uh, yeah, he left that out in this version. The, the the rhino does not speak. That's probably for the best. Yeah. You know, because because it makes everybody feel sad. <laughs> well, it's sad enough. I mean, what happens is, is is he tries to shoot the rhino. He fails, despite all the panning. He climbs up into the tree and then drills a hole into the back of of the rhino's shell, as if it's not attached to his flesh. 
as if it's a hollow inside. He just yeah. He's not a turtle. Yeah, he's not a tr- <laughs> he drill. Even a turtle is attached to his shell. Yeah, he drills down into this carapace, his shell, and then he plants a stick of dynamite. Right, because he brought one. Yes, he, with his mirror. Yeah, you're going and his bottle of seltzer yeah, water. You're going hunting. <laughs> he has and his, it's not like he's he's trying to improvise this thing. He planned to bring dynamite mm-hmm. on like dynamite. He has a long fuse. Yeah. Okay. So he lights the fuse, and it's too much. And there's absolutely no rhino left, except for a bit of the horn and one foot. Yeah. And the tree is gone as well. It is It is gruesome. It's it, horrible. It is, it, is like, it is like a Warner Brothers cartoon uh, from hell. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like if you saw the coyote chasing the roadrunner, yeah. and he fell off the cliff, and then it was a bloodied mess on the bottom, or when he blows himself up, he splits apart in many parts, and you just go, yeah, there you go. I guess the coyote's dead. Just spread all over yeah, the road. Yeah, just like, I don't even know. It's not, it's so beyond slapstick. Yeah. It's like the most gruesome slapstick, but okay. So, well, yeah, so in 1975, when it was finally being published in, in, in Scandinavia, let's say Sweden, for yeah. the heck of it, it was finally being published in Sweden, his publishers asked him to change that page because they felt it was inappropriate for children. It was okay to show a monkey getting skinned and having a guy wear the skin. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. But we don't want anyone blowing up a rhinoceros with dynamite. And a drill. And a drill. But oh, he brought a drill. Yeah, he also brought a drill. We forgot to mention uh-huh. that. A mirror, a bottle of seltzer uh-huh. water, a drill, some dynamite. Yeah. What a what a strange... What a no, strange hunting but trip. But no knife. Because he's going to film these animals. No knife. And apparently a pellet gun. Right. Uh, so then he... Uh, so in that sequence, he shoots at the rhino. And then and then kind of repeat. He falls asleep. Mm-hmm. Or leaves his... Leaves his gun there. Oh, leaves his gun. Oh, maybe he doesn't shoot at it. Oh, anyway, he leaves his, his gun like kind of leaning against a tree. The rhino knocks it over. It accidentally fires, fires through Tintin's pith helmet, oh, a okay. narrow escape, and it scares the rhino and he runs away unharmed. All right. Which is a much nicer and a better gag, really. Yeah. It's a better gag. Much better so gag. So I'll try and I'll try and put that on the on the okay. webpage. Well, Tintin has not learned his lesson. Now he's going hunting buffalo. Yes. So Snow he goes and confronts the cow. He doesn't just well. Stick him he's out not his... going hunting. He's I think he's trying to. Uh, is he? He's carrying his camera still. He is, but he had his camera when he was doing the, well, though, the yeah. rhino business. It's kind of a... as well. You know, he's there, and uh, you know, uh, Snowy annoys the buffalo. Buffalo chases Snowy, and uh, Tintin ends up on his back going for a ride and uh, throws him into the water. You know what I think at that point? Fair, fair dinkum, uh, Mr. Uh, buffalo. I don't think that Snowy bothers the buffalo. I mean, here he just says, hello, uh, Madam Cow. Right. Hello, hello, Madam Cow. And then uh, the the buffalo gets uh, upset at that. Yeah. Uh, upset at Snowy. Maybe he's not a cow. Well, does it look here like when he's saying hello, cow? Does it look like he's sticking his tongue out at the cow? Mocking the cow? Oh, maybe he is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. and waving and wagging his tail. I don't know. Snowy can be a bit of a jerk. Snowy is <laughs> a bit of know. an elitist. It's hard to read him. He's a hard, he's a hard character to Regardless, read. Regardless, it sets the buffalo off. He goes uh, charging at Tintin. Tintin gets on his back. Uh, buffalo throws him in the water. And, you know, you would think, we're done now, right? You know, yeah. fair enough. You weren't going to hunt this buffalo. Yeah. Who cares? Move on with your life. No. Now it's time for Tintin to get some revenge. Revenge. Revenge against an animal. Against this animal. Who is minding his own business. Or also, her own business. And also, it strangely ties in rubber trees into the... Uh, yeah. He makes a giant uh, He makes a giant uh, rubber band out of some yeah. rubber trees. Uh, and then again... Uh, oh, boy. I can't pronounce it, but rubber in French is caoutchouc. Caoutchouc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caoutchouc. Caoutchouc. 
caoutchouc. Something like that. It's very strange. <laughs> Please word. do that for about it's, a minute. It's one of those words that when you read it, yeah. you don't pronounce it. You just you you see it and you just kind of go past it. You know what it means, right? So you just go past it. You it don't turns to... your mouth to rubber when you say it enough <laughs> That's times. That's right. <laughs> Long story short, on this, uh, Tintin loads up a rock, and as uh, as Snowy says, uh, David and Goliath's him. If, say, Goliath wasn't bothering David in any way, <laughs> yeah. and then David, uh, you know, when he was safe, went, I'm going to get revenge, and then murdered Goliath for no reason. Then, yes, it is a very David and Goliath story. Yeah. And uh, a very smug Snowy uh, sits on top of, I'm going to hope he's just unconscious. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, while, uh, well, Tintin takes a very boring film <laughs> of, of this of yeah. this uh, yeah. now still. I think it's a, a camera. I think yeah, it's a camera. let's say film. that. Luckily, then the other buffalo charge and uh, he's got to run from them. I am so on the buffalo side on this point. <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah. Would a kid like be going, no, kill them all? Would a kid back then be like, good for good for him? Good for I, Tintin? I think it just has that excitement of, uh, you know. Of taking a stick, going up to nature, exactly, poking nature in the exactly. eye, and then having to kill nature because it's chasing after there you. There you go. All right. Well. Uh, it looks like uh, Tintin's going to be crushed by the buffalo, but he's rescued and he by deserves it. He does deserve it. <laughs> and you could end it now and just go, that's the end of Tintin, wrap it all up. But yeah. no, he gets rescued by a plane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they go back, have to get snowy. I like how they say, I have to go get my dog. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. Not on your life, this guy says. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, so then he says, we have to get my dog snowy. And then he goes, snowy? Are you Tintin? We were looking for you. We were looking for you for a month. And so then they do go back and get Snowy. So wait a second. He's been looking for him for a month. Yeah. Tintin has been staying in, it looks like luxury. You know, he's Where? Re- when he's reading the newspapers and he's dressed all fancy. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and Snowy's got a pillow and it looks like he's in almost in a nice hotel. He wasn't answering the phone. He's dressed in a suit. It's just, well, thanks a lot, Tintin, for worrying everybody uh, while you're living uh, living large. And it's like, well, going to take you back to Belgium. And so and so continuing this strange uh, kind of trailing off into nothingness ending, uh, they find Snowy, get back in the plane. The plane takes off. It's flying over this savannah sort of thing. And Tintin says, adieu, Africa. Uh, he says, where, where there's lots of more things, you know, lots more things I'd like to see, but... You know, on my on the way to Europe, and then he says, and then he says, uh, "Well, waiting to go to America." You know, so oh, okay. He's so excited. I don't have that on mine. Mine yeah. is goodbye Congo. There's so much more for me to see here. So that ends our reporting from the Congo. Does it? Because it seems like there's more for you to see here. Why don't you see it? Where in the world shall we be heading for after we get home? Yeah. So mine does not tease America, whereas yours does. Yeah, it does. And then, uh, and then the final page. Is, Do you have all the people from the Congo it has sad? These, it just has a full. Oh wait, you've got you've got. Yeah. Uh, wait, turn yours back. Let me see what's before then. It's just a plane flying over the. Over no, the I got more than that. I know you, you have you have this sort of weird montage of of, uh, of everyone in Africa sad. Yeah, as a drums being played, and it's like now Tintin he go back to Belgium. Big calamity, Master Tintin gone. Yeah. his big sadness. My little snowy him gone. Says it looks like. Oh, I don't know if that's the pygmy. Like it's so drawn like this that it's probably the pygmy. You know, uh, who who wanted him to be king, uh, and so they're all sad. And and these ones really look like caricatures. It looks like there wasn't a lot of effort at all yeah. put into the drawings here. Yeah, this no, just looks just, like yeah. doodles in a kid's notebook that you want to have a word with them about afterwards. <laughs> and then, uh, well, let's see what Africa's like. They're worshiping statues of Tintin and Snowy now. Yeah, that's uh, right. All their religion is completely changed. <laughs> yes. 
Um, uh, He left behind his movie camera. If Tintin's not back in one year and one day, uh, the guy gets it. Uh, A a mom is scolding the son, saying, if you're not good, you'll never be like Tintin. And even the dogs are uh, talking about Snowy and saying, what a great dog that Snowy was. You know why? Because that Snowy killed an elephant by himself. Because that Snowy's a lying dog (laughs) that just is a real jerk. In this one, there's a hut and it's been turned into a cafe. Yes. And they say they say in Europe that the, all the young all the young whites are like Tintin. Yep, I got that. Yeah. Yep. So there's all of that, and that's what happens. <laughs> so, um, look, we we we've got through this. But it ends with the tip of the pith helmet from Tintin. Not in a with me. Not with and me. Says the fantastic fan. Okay. To give you the sense that it's over. All right, and it is over. We've gotten through these first two. Yes. We're good. We're good. We've done it. I think it's onward, onwards and upwards. Just want to say one last thing before we, we wrap up with Tintin in the Congo, which is that, speaking of repeating, um, they uh, did the same thing with this book. They After the book was finished, and I said the book was done, it was finished publishing, I lost my page. Anyway, so uh, what did I do with it? Oh, well, threw it in the garbage. So when it was finished publishing, uh, they did the same thing again. They had a... They had a uh, they hired an actor to play Tintin, and he came to the train station in both Liège and Brussels. Oh, okay. And people came to see Like him. they did for Land of the they Soviets? Had, they had native handlers. They had some lions they hired from the zoo. Okay. Or some exotic animals. I don't know about lions, but they had some exotic animals they hired from the zoo. And then they paraded about, and I think about 5,000 And was that the last time they did that? That's the last time they did that, yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, there we go. And uh, there it is. And it is what it is. And it's there. Yeah. It's Tintin. Listen, um, we get to the good Tintin, I'm sure, soon. Like, You know, there's some stuff in here that's all right. Yeah. There's, there's some good, there's some well done, yeah. well paced gags. And there's some stuff that's very much of, a, of its era, an era that's in the past. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, there's some uh, terrible hunting. <laughs> uh, very terrible hunting. Yeah. People, even if you're pro, kind of, listen, uh, if you're pro hunting, yeah. you would not ever give Tintin a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. You know? Yeah. You, If you're a pro hunting, this would not be your idea of, of hunting. No, it's not really even, it's not a pro hunting book. No. By any means. No, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very infantile book. Yeah. And with a lot of violent slapstick that leads yeah. to blood and explosions <laughs> and body parts and yeah. skinned monkeys. It's almost, it's almost as if he was passive aggressively reacting to this forced endeavor, you know, that he didn't want to do it. So he's just... You know, it's, so there's sort of this uh, kind of underlying frustration and hostility yeah. about the whole the whole project. Well, uh, we're, with our next issue, it's going to be uh, Tintin in America. Yes, and that issue, as I, just to tease next week a little bit, uh, in Canada there is some talk right now about banning that. Yeah. So uh, we'll look into that a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, cover that subject. Uh, as as always, I say as always, we're two episodes deep. But uh, as always, we, we want to hear from you. If you go to our website, which is SneakyDragon.com, you'll find our message board there. And uh, we'd like to hear what you think of the book. And uh, anything that we messed up on, or uh, let's just say that Dave messed up on, uh, mm-hmm. we would like to hear about that. I'm a big man. I can take it. Yeah. We've already uh, received uh, things for, about our first one. Yes. Some positive, some negative. But yes. the nice thing about the negative one was they were very vague on who they were being negative about. Yeah. Could yeah. be me. Could be I'm me. Not, I, I'm not caring about that one guy. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that could so so both David and I can like think it's the other person. That's and, right. Like, still feel pretty good, but yeah. we're fine. If you want, if you know, as long as you're not you know insulting and like you guys are jerks and should just shut up, don't do that. But uh, we're open to you know any uh, you know criticism or whatever, and and we do like uh, positivity as well. Whatever, whatever. We just like to hear from you. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like I'm begging for attention at this point right yes, now. It does. I feel yes. like I've taken a turn into snowy territory right now. <laughs> you're pretty good. Yeah. Thank you for killing that elephant. <laughs> Never forget, it was me that did it. Me, Snowy. <laughs> Not the monkey. Uh, if you're uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you know we're available on iTunes. If you're listening to this directly from our website, we are available on iTunes. Yes, we are. Uh, please tell people about it. We'd love it if you would review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us to get more listeners. Oh, yeah. It helps us to get into the new and notable uh, section. It helps just uh, get the word yep. spread. So if you know someone who likes uh, Tintin, please uh, point them in our direction. I've been Ian Boothby. I've been David Dedrick. And thank you for your kind attention. Bye.